Hi, and welcome to Pass the Golden Popcorn, an MTV Movie Award podcast, where we look at the many films nominated for MTV Movie Awards and their categories and try and figure out who really should have won. I'm Kenny Sage, a foremost movie expert. And I'm Ben Gregg, a foremost kissing expert. And joining us today, not interrupting me this time, but back for his second appearance, is resident popcorn expert Ethan Brundine. How are you, Ethan? Thank you for having me. Uh, am I your first guest to come back a second time? Yeah. I mean, yeah, well, I had never uh, even thought, oh, maybe guests will want to, like, come back while we're still doing, like, a series until you're like, hey, can I come back for, like, Vault in Our Stars here? I'm like, oh, yeah, that's an option. That's... <laughs> well, I mean, it's been 20 years since I was on. Yeah, exactly. Listen, um, Kenny had to do a lot of talking to get me to to revoke my scorched earth policy. So. Um. Well, thank you for being so gracious. Yeah. Yeah. Fun fact: Ethan will be on my podcast oh. twice before I'm on his podcast twice. So, not hey. only is that the case, Kenny. Even though we do, for the record, like Kenny will be back on my show soon. We have a, a plan, but. Um, between the time that you are on my podcast and your next appearance, I think you will have completely finished this season of your show. And like, I like you hadn't even come like started recording your first episode whenever you were on my show the first time. Oh yeah. When I was on your show the first time, I'm like, yeah, Hey, I have this. We don't know when it's actually going to happen, but <laughs> I'm just going to tell people it ha it exists. So yeah, I'll actually be able to plug something tangible this time so well i'm glad you had me back on um i know the only reason you had me on the first time was because i was the only person on the planet who had seen how to make an american quilt so um i'm very thankful that you thought enough of me to bring me back on this yeah time. the only person on the planet who <laughs> likes the amazing spider-man yeah. too and yeah and, and to make an american quilt has probably been the movie i brought up the most because like it's looking like it's going to be my favorite movie out of all of these um, I I loved it. Really, like, I, man, I that is incredible. Later. Actually, <laughs> wow. Yeah. <laughs> well, I'm very happy to hear that. Exactly. Now we have two. As the quilt stand, of course. Yeah. So the 2015 MTV Movie Awards. You don't have to ask Ethan about his experience with kissing unless anything has changed since the last time he was on. Oh, jeez. I've only kissed about nobody people since last time. So. <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah. Well, I kissed 100 people between this and last episode. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so the 2015 MTV Movie Awards were held on April 12, 2015, and they were hosted by, yeah, Amy Schumer. So this is how you know it's like the kind of mid-2010s. This is like peak Amy Schumer, like, I think Trainwreck is maybe a month away it's yeah no i I, um i was lucky enough to be able to watch like a couple clips from this because um i think there was a little bit of kiss contention and um because i remember uh i remember you messaged me a couple days ago going like (laughs) i don't think there's a kiss in the interview um it's a very like blink and you miss it moment i ended up just um finding it like um just like a rip of it online and just like skimming through it um yeah you found the whole ceremony around the time when i did in fact uh having watched through the interview <laughs> twice which we'll get, we'll get uh, 
look after the circumstances in. <laughs> then having to, like, specifically go... The only spot it could possibly be is in this first, like, little section. And sure enough, there it was. And then you're like, oh, hey, I found just the awards. And I was actually able to watch... Yeah. Yeah, I think that, act, that actual ceremony. I think so. the internet came into a place where like one, two, three movies is gonna hold all of these. Hopefully, yeah, it gets to a point where people are like, "Oh, we should just record these and put them up in case people want to see them or refer to them for like a podcast." But yeah, no, the some one of the performers this year was um, uh, Charlie XCX, which like I only know because one of my friends is like obsessed with uh, with that artist. Big year for her. I mean, Perks really? of Being a Wallflower. That was her song. It was her big breakout. Boom, boom, clap. She had a whole... Oh, really? it, was, it was a whole thing that she did the song for that movie because they had a music video with the movie clips in it. Or, sorry, not Perks of Being a Wallflower. <laughs> Fault in Our Stars. I've already, I've already gotten <laughs> the two mixed up. <laughs> I, was like, I was like, wait, what? I don't remember that, but it fits, honestly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no. <laughs> Yeah. That would have been anachronistic. The 2015 was a pretty special year. <laughs> Had Vin Diesel presenting Best Female Performance. Miles oh Teller presented the MTV Trailblazer Award to his screen partner and good pal Shailene yeah, Woodley. This year has like a lot of crossover from last year. I don't know if we said that in the last episode, but like, there's like a lot of people like like making a return. We got ScarJo. She's a good. She's a good recipient uh, for that. I think because like she was really dominant during this period in terms of like Stan culture. Like it starts with this with uh, spectacular now, but Brooks of being a wallflower is huge, and then she has the divergence. So like hmm. she was the new she was the new girl on campus. She was. Sure. <laughs> you confuse Fallen Our Stars and Person being a wallflower. Uh, I, I'll go over in editing and just put a layer over. Oh top. my goodness. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it'll just be like <laughs> moron alert. Just the, some, the fault, the in, fault our in our stars. That's the name. <laughs> you literally just finished watching this movie, Ethan. <laughs> and I request, I specifically requested this this episode because of it. Yeah, but like yeah, um, Scarlett Johansson, Shailene, James Franco. You know, all of our favorites coming back this year. Um, <laughs> yes, I'm so happy to talk about James Franco some more. Uh, I think even Joseph Gordon-Levitt was in like a small little cameo in the interview. Uh, I think he was in like a bath. Oh yeah, when they're showing uh, Don John insects. himself. Yeah, yeah. It's also it's let's say it's an interesting year for like movies. I guess well we'll set up like transitioning in, but it's funny because you have. Two, two, like, not just two comedies, two Seth Rogen comedies, two yeah. superhero movies, and then just the kind of, like, yeah. teen, another teen YA, yeah, movie there. And, yeah. I think this is, like, the perfect, uh, part of why I wanted to do this is, was because I was a teenager in 2014, and I was kind of, like, right when I was starting to develop actual, like, tastes and hobbies and personality and things like that um and that started with me following movies and i feel like this this lineup of five films is a perfect like like microcosm of what movies were in 2014 <laughs> where it's just like like the the superhero movies are here they're starting now like officially like 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 are becoming the monoculture like 
without return. And then the Seth Rogen sort of comedy era is like on its way out. And then you just have this, uh, this teen, like YA vibe that it, that was also having a moment at the time. Yeah. Well. On its way out. Clearly somebody hasn't watched neighbors Two. Uh, neighbors Two much better than neighbors one, in my opinion. Yeah, from what I remember, I think. Yeah. I, had, I admit, I mean, I love neighbors. Um, I meant to rewatch neighbors two last night and then, I got very behind on an assignment I had to finish and it didn't get to it, but I still want to watch it sometime this week and maybe I'll give like an uh, update. I'll, I'll, I'll say Neighbors 2 definitely has some good stuff in it, though. I'll, I'll, I'll sign up for Neighbors yeah. as one of the best yeah, of its I, era. Yeah, but, yeah. yeah I, I think, yeah, but I think the reason, I think I, I'm i going to go and lean on this side that I definitely probably agree with you guys, mainly because by the end of Neighbors, I was like, Oh wait, what? Because like I, I feel I, re- I feel like I remember Zach Efron doing more, but that must have been in Neighbors too. Yeah, he's, yeah, he's very fun in Neighbors too. Yeah, yeah, and in Neighbors one. Um, but hey, we can pro can probably get get into it. Try, yeah, it's it's a new era. You know, Marvel is firmly set. Um, pe- people, yeah, people trying to be. This is also peak. Everyone going. Well, we can do cinematic universes too, right? With different stuff. Like, mm-hmm. one of the films perfectly represents that little moment in our culture before everyone's like, oh no, I guess no one else can really pull this off quite like Marvel can. Yeah. And, yeah, with that in mind, your 2015 Best Kiss nominees yeah, are Emma Stone and Andrew Garfield, The Amazing Spider-Man 2. James Franco and Seth Rogen, The Interview, Rose Byrne and Halston Stage, Neighbors, Scarlett Johansson and Chris Evans, Captain America, The Winter Soldier, and your winner, Shailene Woodley and Ansel Elgort, The Fault in Our Stars. Oh man, um, so, this, this is, I like this movie a lot. Yeah. Um. Yeah, it's like it's weird. Like I think, like I I, made, I think I made a note of it because I think like forty minutes in, I was like, I've already been emotionally drained. I was so like, <laughs> I felt like I'd already like watched the whole movie, but there's so much more after that. Yeah, I also remember having a point um, where I'm like, oh, there is a lot of this left. At a certain point. Yes. Yeah, I had the same thought as I was watching. I, I literally finished it like 20 minutes before we started recording yeah. <laughs> like at the 90 minute mark i was like excuse me wait what yeah. <laughs> oh okay it's i think it's because amsterdam feels like that should be the third act of the movie and it's just kind of like the middle like it's well after amsterdam what's the point yeah I mean, that's the best part yeah. of the film yeah like this movie like oh man i really enjoyed it i think this movie is like i think the best word i could come up for is that this movie's kind of like cry porn <laughs> um, it's like it's like we I think a couple times in the podcast we've talked about you know like the male power fantasy um and like what that that's supposed to like that, that has like a certain niche in part of our brain and I feel like this is this has like the same thing where like this is just a a like very like <laughs> overly I don't even want to say it's super sad but like oh really emotional like um kind of hopeless but also like hopeful clearly by the end and stuff like that and just like every everything about it feels like it was it was designed to like make you like 
to have that big sad moment several times so i wanted to to discuss the fault in our stars i gotta write that right time right that was that's the name of the movie. Oh, don't you mean Perks of Being a Wallflower? Oh, dang it! <laughs> Which year am I on? Okay, um, The Fault in Our Stars. I wanted to disc- to come on here because I'm a little younger than you two, so I wanted to make sure that you had somebody on to uh, fully discuss the phenomenon that was The Fault in Our Stars. So I would have been 14 when this came out, so like just leaving middle school and then starting high school, right? And like. It cannot be exaggerated how much of a deal this was amongst like angsty teens at the time. Like like the Tumblr crowd, I was friends with lots of, of people in the Tumblr crowd, you know, I, which I don't say pejoratively. I say that very uh, lovingly. Um, but like this was... Even the Tumblr, you truly suck. had a stranglehold. <laughs> <laughs> But this like, is a redditor's <laughs> podcast. <laughs> um, but yeah, like like just John Green in general had a stranglehold on teen culture at the time, and like, ev- just watching this movie, I mean, like for the first fifteen minutes, like every single line that comes out of uh, either one of their mouths was like a huge deal, and was on T-shirts and tattoos and everything like that, and made a thousand, you know tumblr gifs about and the the just everything about it. it it was at the time it seemed like the deepest and like most most um brilliant thing any you know 14 year old had ever read or seen and was like just all-encompassing and then within a few years it was gone you know yeah no one cared about john green anymore it was just turtles all the way yeah. down <laughs> that's a exactly. reference right yeah. <laughs> Yes, that's his, he did write a book called that. Uh, yeah, wait, Ben, you were still in high school when this yeah. movie came out, right? Like, um, I was. I, I I quickly did like the math on it just while you while you were saying that you were a teenager when it came out, and I was like, wait, how old was I? I was seventeen. Okay. So I guess like technically a teenager, but I would have been like going right out of high school. Yeah. Um, but I do remember like this movie. Um, I am the kiss guy, not the movie guy, so I didn't see it. Of course, yeah. YouTube is yeah, but, yeah. We definitely had exactly. friends who are like really into this movie. Yeah, hundred percent. But like, yeah, I definitely just, remember at the. Camp, we, I don't think I worked at the camp this year, but I definitely remember seeing like someone did. There was definitely some Fault in Our Stars theme dress up. It feels yeah. so like, like, a, a relic in a weird way, but also not. Um, like just listening, I can't. I just can't believe that anybody ever found. Uh, the the John Green dialogue to be good, which I do like this movie, and it gets <laughs> it gets a lot better in the second half. But like at the beginning when they're like trading back and forth, uh, trying to have the deepest line possible or whatever, it is really insane. <laughs> like it, yeah, it does popular. get a little hokey. It like it's very um. I think I put it in my notes. It's very like Juno esque. Yeah. Kind of. Yeah. Like, yeah, trying to be, like, kind of, like, obtuse and stuff like that. But, like, yeah, like, it was really weird how... I'm glad through this list we realized that over over the 2010s, you know, vampires are out. Terminal illness is in. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. This did start a movement. It's true. <laughs> it yeah. really did. This was a movie, uh, oh, like, it's... Yeah. I mean... Oh, uh, I wasn't sure... Uh, 
how I was going to like react to this film because I mean, it was a while ago, but uh, but last year I did like kind of have a young fam- family friend from like our church who did kind of pass away of like childhood cancer. She was like younger than the characters in this one, but it definitely like had left me for like a while with like kind of just us, us, you know, like there was definitely a good period where I couldn't really watch stuff. It was like, oh, here's a young kid that's going to die because like was going through that. Like I, I think I couldn't listen to the Taylor Swift song never grow up for a while. Cause I'm like, no, it's, it's too raw, too raw. So this one I'm like, Hmm, but hmm. I like handle myself well. I'm like, Oh yeah. And, uh, I think in a time it passed where I'm like, okay, I can like kind of manage this even though, yeah, the ending definitely is going for like the tears there. Like the, I think it is so effective because it is, I think part of why it was such a big deal is that it's marketed to teenagers, you know, and like already, like teenage romance is like all about it being the most important thing in the world. You know, this is kind of why Twilight is so good too. Um, is because if it if it is if you're the reader's already going to to take it as being the like this is means so much. It's so important. Every everything is the most heartbreaking thing it could possibly be. Then you have to lean all the way into the melodrama, right? Um, and make the stakes as high as possible. Whether that is vampires or cancer you know like you have to heighten it in some yeah. way yeah also um we didn't mention it at the beginning but like our little or maybe we did and i was eating pizza um but the false of our stars was movie of the year this year um for the mtv movie awards it beat out all the all the boyhoods and gone girls and the guardians of the galaxy yeah i think this is kind of the the beginning of of the not the beginning because you have already discussed like the perks of being a wallflower and the spectacular now and stuff like that. But um, like this is when the, the Tumblr teens are taking control, you know, because yeah. like because people are starting to stop watch TV and MTV and stuff like that. But if you can get the stands on your side, they will watch to defend the things that they love. Right. So like this is I don't I don't know what the lineup is going forward, but um, it's kind of why like like Outer Banks eventually gets nominated, right? Because that had a Outer huge Banks win. Very uh There you go. Yeah, cuz that's who would watch the ceremony at that point, you know? Like like nobody at at at, at the time that this came out, I, I guarantee you that the majority of the audience watching the MTV Movie Awards probably didn't care about James Franco and Seth Rogen anymore. Yeah, it's it's like, yeah. we never really have looked much into like the ratings for this. I know at a certain point the I think next year maybe the uh, or maybe it's 2017 but at a certain point like the original producer comes back and he does and does it again for a couple of years and those are like two of the like higher rated years that they had 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 in a bit but yeah I think you're definitely on to something where like it is kind of the Tumblr teen, teens are coming this win this win this got seven nominations and wins three which is yeah pretty decent rate yeah neighbors also won three so people clearly still cared about seth rogan but oh neighbors also got neighbors also got seven nominations um, but it also looking at that best movie list which i hadn't really paid attention to and not only have they apparently suddenly 
Now, now they've decided to go, oh, we could do, like, Oscar-style, like, eight nominations for Movie of the Year. Many of them are just straight-up, like, Best Picture nominations, like American Sniper, Boyhood, like, Selma, like, Whiplash, and then it's just, like, The Fault in Our Stars and Guardians and... And then Gone Girl is, like, the, like, outlier. Also, I think MTV Movie Awards was watching Gone Girl. Like, it's... (laughs) Reese Witherspoon got a Best Female Performance nomination for Wild? (laughs) (laughs) This is the year they thought we weren't looking. Oh yeah, God. like, this big Tumblr thing wins, and maybe that's what convinces them to kind of go back to, like, pandering for it. Because, like, you, again, some of these nominees, you aren't necessarily, like, Tumblr-type films, you think. Like, they're just regular movies. Like it's... Oh, man. But, um, oh, what do we think about the kiss in The Fault okay. in Our So, story? normally, I don't tell Ben about, like, kisses. I let my experience stuff on its own. But... I was unaware what the kiss in this movie was, and definitely both kind of in Discord th- things that like even I remember on, and also my DMs to Ben, I'm like, the kiss is in the Anne Frank house? Just... Yep. <laughs> yeah. I remember you said that, and like, I forgot about it. <laughs> um, but then they entered the Anne Frank house, and I was like, wait, why this... Wait, why do I... Why is my, like, spidey sense going off right now? <laughs> <laughs> and then it all as they're going up the last stairs i like started to realize like wait a minute the kiss is coming it's... and it's over like i assume it's over audio of and frank yeah, yeah she's just, like... she's giving she's telling about about her troubles in the background and this scene <laughs> is apparently yeah, taken out really of the book kiss Yes, it is, it's an iconic moment that people have been making fun of since it came out. Like, which I I would like to defend the decision <laughs> if I can, if I could at least try. Um, all right, all right. I think it is insensitive. Yes, obviously, I will not argue against that. But I think that the concept makes sense, and that you need a circumstance for her to have to climb a bunch of things and exert a lot of energy right um and frank house was the decision that john green made i guess he could have gone with like some stairs or something like just outdoors joker staircase or something i don't know (laughs) but um i think that everyone clowns on the people clapping for them right that that is a classic speed situation style yeah yeah (laughs) but if you think about it it took them a long time to climb these stairs, right? So you got to think that these people were stuck behind them the whole time and were eventually rooting for this poor, noticeably ill girl to make it to the top, right? Um, and then there's just this um, catharsis of this this kiss between these two kids that is so romantic that they can't help but be taken away because they've been invested in these these two's these two sick kids' journey to the top of the of the staircase. They don't care. At this point, they are beyond um, reverence for Anne Frank because it's just taken so long that this is, has taken over their uh, their afternoon. That's my take. All I'm saying is, and I get wanting to be faithful to the book, but 
this is on, this movie comes out a year after the Justin Bieber incident where he gets in trouble for saying Anne Frank would have been a fan of his music. Like a great movie. Were, of course. <laughs> was was society ready to like like how did this get off the hook? Is what I'm asking here. Yeah. It's just it's oh man. It's I think they could have uh, done without the the actual depiction of her like like the actual museum stuff <laughs> like right before this is yeah. the tour guide explaining how her family survived her and stuff like this and it's like okay we don't need this part <laughs> yeah yeah it's just like like everything's like swelling in the background and like the audio it's just it's it's played very straight yeah. and i can i can respect that um <laughs> and it's it is in the okay. book. They also didn't it's... film at the real Anne Frank house. I don't know if this takes away from it for anyone. That's good. <laughs> it was a recreation. <laughs> oh, that sounds... They, they went to Amsterdam, but they wouldn't film the inside of the house. Just... So I mean, now they're there respectful. are two Anne Frank houses. <laughs> I do think the Amsterdam sequence is the best part of the movie. I think that's when it's at its most romantic, and the, and you can still feel the... the cancer stakes as Plus well. Plus Willem Dafoe's there. And the Willem Dafoe stuff I think is great. Yeah. 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 It's crazy. You can't have a year of, with Spider-Man and not have the Green yeah. Goblin. Exactly. I, I, I do find the scene immediately after this with the kiss and the, where they're, they're sex scene, I find that to be really romantic and a, a great part of the movie. Mm-hmm. It's too yeah, bad that I, they I, couldn't have had that be the nominee. Well, no, Honestly, yeah. <laughs> this is like I am more inclined to vote for this one because it happens in the Anne Frank house. Like it's, That's true. it makes it memorable. <laughs> Listen, it's it's bold. It like you said, it's super memorable. Like it is not to spoil a little bit later, but like it's better than like the interview kiss that is a <laughs> fraction of a second long. Yeah. In like this in like the tiniest part of and the And not screen. even the good fraction of a second interview kiss. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, but like oh, but this movie, this like it's just this movie is just setting up horrible things to happen. Yep. And then letting some of them happen. <laughs> but not the ones that you expect and that's my oh that part hits me i think like halfway th- halfway in my notes i think it was like um it was like oh we're going to amsterdam in a month i think in my notes it was like she's gonna die before a month yeah but then it ended up not being oh yeah i was gonna ask if you knew which one of them died before you went like i didn't i i assumed that she was gonna die i assumed the other guy was fine he's missing a leg a Augustus Waters. Yeah, yeah, yeah. such a John is, Green yeah. title. So that, is, name. that is the most. That is the most Tumblr name yeah. ever. And the way he keeps calling her Hazel Grace, I was just like, oh my god, this really was yeah. the shit back then. <laughs> oh man. Um, oh, okay, I I like my notes because I feel like I get to have a conversation with myself sometimes. Um, <laughs> The, so the 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 cigarette metaphor could have worked if it didn't suck and was stupid. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I think it's like a fine metaphor, but it's just it's like one of those things where like, let's say you're like out in public yeah. and you see a guy like 
Twirl a katana, and it actually looks really cool, but it also looks incredibly <laughs> stupid, and it's really cringy. It's one of those things where it's like, I can appreciate what it was going for, but please stop. Yeah, that's why I love the flight attendant being like, okay, stop, <laughs> I don't care. <laughs> yeah, it's it's one of those things where, like, I think the biggest problem with it is that that could have been, like, a cool thing, like, later in the movie. But I guess maybe this isn't the kind of movie where they want to do that. And, like, Augustus Waters is, like, in-universe, like, a very pretentious character. Yes. Um, so, like, it makes sense that he would, like, explain it. But, like, I guess in a more toned-down movie, it would be something, like, he would kind of... He would be like, I just don't light it. And, like, he wouldn't explain it fully. And then he would explain it fully later in the movie. And it would be, like, this cool, oh, moment. At least that's what I think. But no, John Green needs uh, Hazel Grace <laughs> Lancaster to explain what a Hamartia is so that we can understand that every character has a fatal flaw and that his, you know, smoking is what, it's just, oh. <laughs> uh, to be fair, to be fair, I'm a big idiot. And this movie actually did explain to me the meaning of, like, the this is not a pipe. Um, fair, fair enough. <laughs> I, I did, I, like, I assumed it was just stupid. I assumed it was just, like, but it, the... I didn't actually know, like, the deeper metaphor of, like, oh, it's a drawing of a pipe. I thought it was just, I thought it was, like, the first ship post ever. Um, <laughs> like, this is not a pipe. Like, how, like I, I definitely, like, I, I appreciate it explaining to me so that way I can pretend like I've known it the whole time. Right. <laughs> oh, does anybody, what, do we have any more final thoughts on The Fault in Our Stars? The perks of our faults, the the wallflowers of our stars. Yeah, I thought the ending was a little abrupt. Maybe they could have set it up more. <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I'm I'm an hour and twenty minutes into this movie, and she has cancer. Wait, what? Why did they tell me this? Yeah. <laughs> um, I I I, uh, I like the offer stuff. <laughs> like it's. I know it's become a thing where, like, John Green's yes. like, oh, yeah, the offer's kind of me, like, working through some things, like, in my own, like, philosophy. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Yeah, that's good, because the author is obnoxious. Yeah, <laughs> yeah like, yeah. he comes in, and he's, like, an asshole, and then like, he comes to the funeral, and it's not like she's like, well, everything's good now. She's like, no, get out of here. Like, I... The moment, yeah, the yeah. moment where he's in the car and he asks her if she knows what the trolley problem is, I was, I was just laughing and laughing. I was like, this is so funny. It's like, I had to, like, go back because I was like, wait, does, like, is the trolley problem at all applicable to anything that's going on right now? And it's like, no, he's just being, like, pretentious and weird. <laughs> oh, but it's, it's really good, though. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, like, all around good movie. This year, um, admittedly, was like it's it's honestly like kind of like a rough year Agreed. for like pretty unique movies. Yeah, um, like these movies aren't bad. It's just like two superhero movies and two Seth Rogen movies. Like, yeah, that's all. <laughs> that's a lot. Yeah, <laughs> but this was a this was a lovely um, denouement to my yeah. watching. And you watch this film like assuming that a a woman was gonna die in it, and then she didn't, and you're like. Well, I guess no woman's dying this year. Let's watch Amazing Spider-Man 2. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, where I like that is the I I've never seen it, but that is the one thing I knew going in um is that she dies. Yeah. It was a very um, um not well-kept secret. Like it's 
Yeah, yeah, I, ma- I imagine so. Like, Amazing Spider-Man Two famously the, the has the trailers that are the entire movie because they had like twenty trailers by the end. Oh well, yeah, and I mean, and I don't think there was oh, yeah. a single shot that had not been shown in a trailer. I mean, the time and like came. look, like yeah, sometimes like a movie trailer will make it look like the love interest is in peril and they're like fine, but um, but the thing, the giveaway for this, and I, um. Like, I, I don't know your guys' like, particular comic book experience, but as someone who reads a lot of Spider-Man comics, there's, like, one thing that I think every comic book, yeah, Spider-Man fan associates with Gwen Stacy, at least before, like, the kind of revival of the character in recent years of Spider-Gwen and stuff, and that is the image of her in the green coat, like, falling to her death in the comic books. So the moment you yeah. put her in a green coat mm. and, like, show that in the marketing trailers, <laughs> everyone's like... Well, okay, so you're killing Gwen Stacy? They're like, oh, wait and see. <laughs> like, up until the release cycle for this upcoming Spider-Man movie, in which they're like, no, 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 Tobey Maguire and Andrew Garfield definitely aren't in it, <laughs> as everything's leaking. Like, this was like the worst kept secret in any Spider-Man movie. Like, <laughs> <laughs> Oh, yeah, no, I, I've sworn off watching any more trailers about the- that kind of stuff, because, like, I don't want to get spoiled on anything else. This era... Um, was just insane i mean we're, the the theme of the secret theme of this uh episode is sony's complete ineptitude as a studio <laughs> like, just really it's like they were making it up as they went along every day <laughs> like, it was yeah. insane. oh man and um yeah i i had only seen like the first 10 minutes of the amazing spider-man one um like I, I just I. So you're like, finally, it. we got pick up for the stuff of Peter's parents. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. This movie, like, I don't know what it is with the final installment of a Spider-Man's life, uh, mm-hmm. cinematic life, of it just trying to cram in way too much stuff when it has like a couple like good ideas that would have worked if it just like didn't decide to have like 500 horrible ideas surrounding i mean i'll well, defend um, spider-man 3 i know ethan likes this movie but like i like spider-man 3 yeah. Well. <laughs> yeah listen i they're fun spider-man 3 is a fun mess i like that about it um this movie just like i don't know i i i, I always heard this said and i i've just taken it i've just like taken it as fact and like i'm glad that it is true that like um, Toby Maguire is like a better Peter Parker, but Garfield is like a better yes. Spider-Man. He's incredible. Um, he's so yeah, cool. like, and he he's not like an awful Peter Parker, but like, like everyone in this, everyone on this podcast right now could 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 probably bully uh, Toby Maguire. <laughs> like he's he just has that about him, and like that's wonderful. That's what you need for Peter Parker. Like yeah. he can't be like the cool guy. Um, but like his Spider-Man is super fun. Like every like small details, like him wearing like the firefighter's hat in that one scene, like things like that are just like just ooze. How you do in New York? About it. That is truly, <laughs> exactly. truly the opening. Not the Peter Parker's parents stuff, but from the logo into like him swinging around the city. That is my favorite Spider-Man yeah. media ever. I think it is perfect. I think that they got it so well. And, like, I don't know. I mean, just watching this just felt so refreshing after watching these 
Tom Holland movies, which I I like the first one and whatever, but like they're they don't feel like Spider Man to me at all because he's just not doing Spider Man things. He's not in New York. He's not hanging out being you know under the you know the little guy he's not the little guy at all oh i think he's the little guy in homecoming like that's kind of the thing it's him like yeah i can be the little guy hero and then the other movies are like nah he's gonna go to europe he's gonna go to space he's he's gonna like get access to like most of like it's i do still like most of homecoming it's just when he goes to washington dc that is a harbinger bad things to come i think (laughs) but uh but yeah this movie all of the Spider-Man and Gwen Stacy stuff, I think, is fantastic. I think they have incredible chemistry with each other, and it just feels like what I want to see. Um, it is also incredibly long and has a lot of things that don't work at all in it. Um, but I guess, I don't know, I guess I was just won over this time yeah. around. <laughs> oh no, I totally get that. And like, this movie like does so many things. It's like Spider-Man Three. Like, there's so many cool things. Like, this movie should have been two movies. Um, yeah. Like, I I'm trying to remember. It should have been like, it should have been Goblin and Electro, like fun time, uh, like Friday hour, and then it should have been um, the Subway Mystery with Rhino. That should have been like the two <laughs> movies it should have split off into. That's it's so um, so funny to me that the one that you think does that you don't think it should be the, like Venom or not Venom Electro and then Green Goblin has his own movie. You think Rhino is the one who deserves his own movie? Yeah, I love I, yeah. <laughs> do the entire Goblin like, arc in one movie, but Rhino give him two stuff. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Listen, I think that I liked Goblin and Electro. I I think that they were like kind of. They didn't have a lot together, but I feel like they could. They had potential there. Um, well, you say that, but uh, Sony was determined that they were going to make a Sinister Six film after this. They didn't know who was going to be in it for sure, but they definitely announced that it was going You're to You're telling happen. me Sony expected to make other movies about some kind of Spider-Man universe? <laughs> that seems like there, the kind of thing that could I derail actually, a film. Yeah. Like, if you try to set too much up. I, I looked into it. I looked up what all they had announced around this time, and they were going to make a Sinister Six standalone film. They were going to make a Silver Sable movie, a Black Cat movie, a Madam Web movie, everyone's favorite Spider-Man character. And then, to top it all off, they announced a Aunt May solo film. Honestly, that I'd be interested in. <laughs> but only the... Only the um... The Tobey Maguire movie. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Rosemary Harris walking around. Sure, do it. Yeah. Like, listen, that one scene where she starts just hitting Doc Ock, like, yeah. there's fighting there. There's I'll say, I do there. like Sally Field's, yeah. like, performance. Like, all, whenever, all this, the best Peter Parker yeah. moments is when he's interacting with Aunt May, and she's like, you turned all the laundry, he's like, I was watching the American flag. She's like, what? <laughs> like... <laughs> 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 no, she does like good in this movie. But yeah, like yeah, like I feel like with this movie, like cut out all the parent stuff. I don't I don't <laughs> care about any of the parent stuff. Like I think I I don't know, I don't watch like a super lot of Spider Man media, but like I don't know, I've never like I've never associated him like being super attached to like finding out like what happened to his parents and like the secret everything with like the subway secret i just nobody cares like about his parents yeah nobody just, cares yeah. just like like 
I mean, I don't know. Like that's what I'm saying. Like put that in another movie. There's already the just rhino. there's just too much. There's too much in this movie. <laughs> exactly. And there was Listen, more. I'm a I'm an Amazing Spider-Man one defender. I think there's some stuff that movie does very very well. Um, and I understand agreed. that be because if you are rebooting this entire franchise like a decade after the original, I understand them saying, "Oh, we need some other element that's going to like stand out," and then. I'm looking at her like, well, I don't know, what else does he have going on? And then in the comics, they kind of do a mishmash where originally in in like the original run for his parents, his co- or the comics, his parents were spies and they like die in a plane crash yeah. doing like a spy mission. And then in the ultimate universe kind of reboot of it, they make it so, oh, his parents were scientists and they were making... In the comics, it winds up being, like, the Venom formula. That's what Venom is in the comics, just this cure for cancer that got out of hand. And then I think they also die in a plane crash somehow. I I forget the specifics, but... So I get the, like, impulse to go, oh, yeah, we can do stuff with his parents. That could be cool, like, set up some things. But then, first, I don't think it should have carried through onto, like, this film. Part of the reason it did was because... Originally in Amazing Spider-Man 1, there was an entire subplot where you found out that, like, Peter's dad experimented on him, and that's why he was, like, attached to spiders, and everyone's like, no, no, this sucks, take it out. So they did, but then you were left with, well, I guess we need some resolution on his parents, which is why you get all this stuff in this movie. They filmed a scene that was not in the final movie in which... Peter Parker's dad was alive <laughs> and like he meets him at the cemetery while he's grieving Gwen Stacy. And that's how the movie, that was the teaser for the next one. <laughs> um, they filmed a lot of things that didn't make it in. Speaking of Shailene Woodley, she was cast as Mary Jane and was in the film. They filmed multiple scenes with Mary Jane Watson that just didn't make it. Oh in. yeah. I definitely remember um, that. It's <laughs> so, like, if you can imagine this movie already being so long and, and full of things that, don't need to be there and don't make sense just extend it out even more and then even still there's so many like shadows of things that never happened like um felicity jones as as who would have eventually been black cat and uh and uh bj novak is playing alistair smith the spider slayer just all these things they were like um we need to put teases for things that we might eventually choose to do but we don't know right now but if Marvel's yeah. been teasing things that so we have to tease things too. <laughs> we need like one to three phases worth of characters yeah. in this one movie. Yeah. <laughs> um, Alistair Smythe was yeah. the scientist. Spider Slayer was the robot. <laughs> oh. oh, fine. <laughs> also, like, it, correct me if I'm wrong. The ending of this movie, like with like the rhino and stuff like that, was that not also like the ending of one of the It was trailers? all over yes, the marketing. The <laughs> Yeah. It literally cuts where the trailer cuts. The last shot of the film was the trailer. (laughs) That's so everyone's like although I will say They're doing Rhino 2? (laughs) I will say I I always was on team the Rhino stuff is stupid. But this time around, watching the movie, I was I was choked up watching the rhino scene because I thought it was so, so powerful of a Spider-Man moment that he's he's in his his room. He hasn't been able to do anything since Gwen has died. He's he's grieving, and yet 
New York needs his help. He has to go out and and defend his city. And then all more. the claw machines in the buildings all start turning towards him. <laughs> and he's able to swing in. Man, that little kid was <laughs> lucky was... he picked that day to have a pep talk with his aunt. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'll, uh, and I'll say, I'll give the movie this. Like, uh, there is stuff I li- like in it. Like, I think a Spider-Man movie is... If there's one thing the at least the Sam Raimi movies were always good for it was having this like great imagery and while like yeah. and and most Spider-Man movies like I I don't think Amazing Spider-Man has any indelible images Far From Home doesn't Homecoming has like the boat stuff but like this film I'll say yeah. if there's like one image where I'm like man this was something I wouldn't mind other Spider-Man media trying to do it's the web hand um it's so beautiful. I love it. I cry. Oh, I I like everything about the clock tower scene. Yeah. That's in that yeah, one, right? It's yes. Yeah, it, everything about that's incredibly super good. Like, yeah, like, uh, man, I yeah, I there's good things about this movie to take away from. It's also it's uh, it's also maybe it's the best kind of portrayal of his spider sense in a film. Like, it's the scene, and this is where I'm like, oh my god, there's more going on because. During kind of the initial electro confrontation, once he's electro, it's a bit where like the car's kind of going out of him and it freezes up and it shows like all this stuff that's like about to go wrong, like the people about to touch the railing and stuff going on. And just like the movement of him, like doing all all the stuff, like pulling the people away and like just taking all the steps, just lightning quick. It's, it's like really cool. And I think... A Very better cool. version of this film finds a way to tie it into him trying to do similar calculations in the clock tower and coming up short, but it's... yeah, I kind of like that it is so sudden because that's sort of how it would be, you know. Like we don't need to, you know what I mean? Like it reflects that he does think that he is that he's got her, you know. He thinks that he's done it, done the right thing, and then. If he failed. Yeah, and that, that I think is a probably good way to to talk into this. I'll say Emma Stone's really good in this, but like, um, so it good. is it is frustrating for me that Gwen Stacy, who up to this up to this point in the comics, I mean, I guess the ultimate version of Gwen kind of gets more development, but the original comics, Gwen was never really much of a character. That's she was someone who like, oh, she was his girlfriend, yeah. and like. She was never really as interesting as Mary Jane, but she was base. It was the sixties. Yeah. They didn't she, have <laughs> characterization. It was absolutely they're like so. One of the writers is like, yeah, it's like Stan, Stan Lee. It's like Stan Lee has this wife who's like blonde and pretty and kind of looked a lot like Gwen Stacy. Like he literally just wrote his wife into like the Spider Man comics, and then famously in the story of like the comic decision to. To, like, kill Gwen Stacy is something where, like, there's a lot of different accounts, but the basic version is uh, Stan Lee was no longer writing it, and then the next writer, Jerry Conway, was, like, thinking, oh, maybe the time's coming to, like, shake it up, we, we should kill off a cast member, so they're like, well, we can kill Aunt May. But, like, comic Aunt May, like, for the first, and in recent years this has changed, where, where like, they try and make it so she's more active and, like, not just on death's door all the time. But, but like, in the old, old days, it was often just, oh, Aunt May is sick! Aunt May's like this! And this was often just 
Spider-Man's obstacle that, like, he's out saving the day, but he has to get back to, like, get to his aunt, or he could be so much successful if he didn't have to worry about his aunt. So they're like, well, we can't kill Aunt May, because then he doesn't have any conflict. Like, who could we kill? They're like, oh, of course. Yeah, the girlfriend. And this this was a couple decades before um, eventually a superhero girlfriend gets killed so suddenly and unceremoniously that it inspires an entire term called fridging. But, and I think there is some impact to it. But by, like, 2014, I don't think we necessarily needed to see a story where Gwen Stacy dies. I would have been fine if she just went off to Europe and was out of the films that way. <laughs> like, uh, I mean, it is a shame because their chemistry yeah. is so good. I'll also say, I don't think you need to do another famous beat about about this, because a lot gets into it, including how much Stan Lee knew at the time, because famously he went to conventions and people got mad at him about it. It's like, oh, I don't know anything about this. I must have been out of town. And they're like, he was the publisher of the comic company. Does he think, like, <laughs> do people think they just snuck it past him? But there's some people who are like, a letterer, like, kind of, kind of just, so, somehow, like, whether it was intentional or not, someone, like, wrote something that, because in the comics, it's it's not a clock tower. She's thrown off the bridge by the Green Goblin, and Spider-Man, like, goes yeah. to, like, catch her, and someone wrote, like, a snap sound effect, like, near close enough to her neck that it became a thing for years that the implication was Spider-Man had killed her. And I think this movie, you could have just had the web misses her. You don't have to do the similar, The it was the impact of the sudden stop that got her. Like, I think it's, yeah, I mean, it's a lot more tragic the other way, but I do understand. Yeah, especially because, um, especially because yeah. like his grieving never seems to connect to him going this like, you know, he's like, oh, it's my fault because I broke the promise or whatever. It's not, it's my fault because I literally, like, killed her with, like, catching yeah. her, but, like. Yeah. I don't have much to say about the Amazing Spider-Man 2. What about the kiss? Oh, yeah. Which kiss oh, yeah. is it? It's, it's the night, it's the sky one. Like, when. Yeah. This is the one where they're on the bridge? Yeah, like, it's on, on the bridge, like, the yeah. Bridge, like, uh. Okay, that is a really good kiss. I Beautiful really like tableau. One. With the webbing that says, I love you. Yeah, oh, that's really nice. Look, great. I do love the kiss in the closet, too. I think it might be a better, like, kiss, but I think that the one on the bridge is just such a much better moment. You know, Uh just beautifully, very romantic. um, Yeah, and I did watch the best kiss presentation this year, and it is definitely, like, on the, yeah. Yeah, that one. I love it. It's very, very fun, very good Spider-Man stuff. Yeah, it's it's you know, um, yeah, absolutely good. I've al- good. I've also always this is kind of unrelated, but I've always loved that they cast of <laughs> like of someone who was very famous for being a redhead to play a blonde, and they cast like a blonde to play a character who is very famous for being a redhead. You know, like Kirsten Dunst is Mary Jane, and then Emma Stone is uh is Gwen Stacy. I just always found that <laughs> yeah. fun. Yeah. Um, I'm, uh, Even in Spider Man Three, they have uh, they have yeah. Bryce Dallas Howard be Quinn Stacy, another famous. <laughs> and should we know that Garfield and Stone were dating at the time? I think that definitely helps for the chemistry. Yes. Like... Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then uh, you know, fingers crossed that um, that uh, in Spider Man was I don't know if I remember what the new one's even called, 
No, no way, way home. No way home. Yeah. Yeah. Hopefully that one has a kiss that can get nominated. So that way we have uh, Toby Spider Man one, Andrew Spider Man two, and then uh, Tall and Spider Man three. Uh, that would be all good. on the list. That would be a really nice, uh, a nice little thing to go along. Yeah, with that was it. my thing. Like if the twenty twenty MTV Movie Awards had happened and hadn't gotten delayed, would Far From Home have gotten a nod? Yeah. I mean, probably the stands love Tom and Zendaya. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. Um, yeah I don't have much else to say. Uh, I can't wait till Amazing Spider-Man 3. I'm super yep, excited. Um, this, I think this, this, this series has a lot of Details potential. about Amazing Spider-Man 3 have come out over the years <laughs> that it was going to involve him trying to re- resurrect Gwen Stacy through cloning experiments. Like... <laughs> yep. Yeah. Oh, that would have been awesome. Like, like the, the, the plot for Amazing Spider-Man 3 just sounds insane. <laughs> oh, um, man. <laughs> I, yeah, I'll say I'm, like, I don't know who's supposed to be doing, like, Green Goblin and No Way Home if they actually got Defoe, or if it's just going to be someone in, like, the costume the whole time going, ah, ha, 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 ha. But if they had got Dane DeHaan back, I would not be upset, because it's, <laughs> yeah. like, it's... The problem of the problem of him in this one is more just that they try and do the entirety of Harry Osborn, like his history with Peter, and then his falling out, and then his like turn all in one film. When really it should be like at least yeah. two. Is he all in, in like the last yeah. twenty minutes? Of the yeah. Film too. yeah. Is he in the first? No, one at all? no, he's a new character. Wait. Oh my! I thought, oh my! That's so much worse. He's in like an eighth of the movie. Yeah, he's yeah, because they were trying not to do too much stuff like the Raimi films, so they're like, well, we can't have a Jameson, and we can't do like a Harry Osborn, and we can't do Mary Jane. Like it's so they're like, oh no, he'll have Gwen Stacy, and he'll fight the lizard. Like, (laughs) (laughs) and they just had a billion things for the sequel. Yeah, and then this one, they're like, yep. well, obviously we all did the Sinister Six, and we all, like, get the setup. <laughs> but, but I think it's just an- yeah. another thing, too, when I realize, like, all these villains are supposed to be in No Way Home, where I'm like, wait, I'm like, they're just doing, and I don't think they even got to six, they're gonna have, like, five villains or something, and I'm like, they're just doing their Sinister Six, like... They got it. They tricked them. <laughs> <laughs> they're gonna get us to, they're gonna trick us into go seeing the Sinister yeah. Six. I'm so excited for Electra uh-huh. to come back, <laughs> assuming that that rumor is true. <laughs> Just uh, uh, Electro, Electro. So oh, I mean, okay. I'm gonna say <laughs> not to get your hopes up. Yeah, I am very confident that Electro is in it. Like, no, that well, yeah. that is what Tom Holland has like said. Cause like he's giving an interview where he's like, "Yeah, you know, it's our like living up to those guys." And it's like, oh, he's like, I, I mean, like you know, da, da, he's like Jamie and like Alfred and stuff like that, like. Like, he definitely, so, like, he, in trying to deny that, like, Tobey Maguire and Andrew Garfield were in it, he did confirm that Jamie Foxx was in it. Um, well, we yeah. all love, we all love Electra. I mean, we all watched this on our uh, $200 collectible uh, Jamie Foxx head <laughs> yeah. edition of the Blu-ray, yeah. right? God. Exactly. I'll, I'll say, I remember oh. Jamie Foxx coming back was, like, the first thing that leaked about No Way Home. Yeah. And everyone was so confused. Like... <laughs> <laughs> they're like Jamie Foster returned as Electro and everyone's like what the hell just <laughs> what, are you what if it's what if it's what if it's just him <laughs> that would be so good <laughs> honestly I wouldn't they, even be mad 
they filmed the Alfred Molina thing as a misdirect for the trailer. Like, it doesn't actually happen. It's just Electro. Yeah. <laughs> the dog Hawk figures are on the poster, but Electro got a hold of them. Like, it's the... Yeah. <laughs> it's Electro on the, on the hoverboard. Yeah. Uh, nothing but Electro's all the way down. Um, but yeah. yeah, so... Um, but yeah. So Eminem is gay. <laughs> and uh-huh. that's, that's the first... And like funniest joke of the movie, truly the beginning is great. It's yeah. very funny. <laughs> it, I, it really does start on its funniest joke, which they're giving an interview on like sort of like a, a sort of like I don't know if there's like a word for it, but sort of like kind of like trashy sort of like talk show type thing. It's like yeah, it's like entertainment tonight or something yeah exactly we're also we're talking about the interview right now (laughs) if it sounds like your thing just cut away for no reason um and then he just sort of offhandedly mentions that he's gay um and he says he's like yeah i've been just i've been pretty much leaving little gay like breadcrumbs in all my lyrics um you know um you know i want to you know wreck uh hector's rectum and it's like hector's a real guy (laughs) <laughs> and like big flash pops on the screen be like Hector is real <laughs> and then the entire movie is just a a slight downturn and a plateau after that as soon as they get to to North Korea they completely don't know what to do at all and it's, yeah. I mean I'll say it, it's, the it's initial a... introduction of Kim Jong-un has some juice to it and then they quickly kind of run out of stuff yeah. but like yeah, Randall it's... Park is good yeah, yeah, he's really, really, and he makes a he makes a small little. Uh, I don't know if it's a, I guess yeah, kind of like a cameo in Neighbors as well, which was neat. Yeah, yeah. Um, he has a funny line. Yeah, I'll also too. say there it, there um, is some stuff like I I do kind of like the en- the ending confrontation that works in just 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 because and yeah. some stuff like the one the one joke at the end that I know maybe I'll have a lot lot in is when they're like in in the wood woods and woods and stuff and then james franco's just holding up the little dog he's got and he's like come on he's like dogs always run to the sea he's like what he's like i don't think that's true (laughs) yeah (laughs) yeah Yeah, there is good stuff in there it is this this film is definitely also hurt a lot by like um not i guess not last week but the week before like coming so off the off the heels of the heels of ted which is like a very similar kind of like sort of like raunchy comedy that just I don't know Ted hits way more than this one hits, um, in like the, in very similar types of jokes too, um, like this movie just like it just misses quite a bit, which is unfortunate. Yeah, it's also hurt I would say by being um, in the same year as Neighbors, which also has Seth Rogen and I think yeah, is a yeah. lot better at doing the kind of frenemy relationship and like yeah, and and I think yeah I think. Um, yeah, I think like you said it perfectly. Then like uh like it just feels like they they run out of steam once they sort of get like the initial premise out of the way. Like it feels like they're sort of like this this movie could have been trimmed down so much because it feels like they just didn't have a lot of ideas. Yeah, I feel um, like I feel like James Franco and and Kim Jong Il are friends is a, is a funny idea, I guess. But that should be, you know, 20 minutes, not 40 minutes. And, you know. Yeah, exactly. The, or, yeah, or just do more with it. Like, yeah. Like, ha- like it feels like they have, like, a friendship and then, like, it, 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 like, he's, like, he's entirely encapsulated by it immediately, which is fine. 
But the fact that he like he loses that almost just as quickly, it's kind of like, oh, okay. It like it couldn't have been like sort of like slowly done over the course of like anything. Yeah. I'll say I do get a chuckle out of him said, standing outside of the fake grocery store going fake yeah. or whatever. Yeah, <laughs> oh, yeah, it is fine. <laughs> that is good. Yeah, this this movie when when it hits, it does a pretty good job. I like the honey dicking. Just like yes, I like that joke. It's it's a funny setup. There's like the Seth Rogen saying that like honey dicking, you know, like you have like a really like hot girl in here to, to like kind of like um to like make him make decisions that he wouldn't otherwise make. And you have a guy here just in case I'm gay, but I'm not. Um, and then you have it like sort of later on. And then you have like them, one of his guards explaining honey dicking in Korean <laughs> to them, to King John Un. Uh, it's really good. I feel like they really needed to find a way to get Lizzie Kaplan in the second half of the film. I think that would have kept some momentum going from the first half. Um, because like the Seth Rogen love interest storyline, there's simply no juice there whatsoever. Like, like it really loses steam very quickly. Um, so if you had this other comedic foil in there to, you know, I don't know. It would breathe something into There's the also a good deal yeah. of this film that's dedicated to them trying to replace poison that doesn't even factor into anything, ultimately. <laughs> that's true. Yeah. It's, yeah, like, that doesn't... It doesn't even come back later as, like, in, like, some sort of, like, funny way. Like, it, it's completely dropped. Yeah. Um, yeah, like, this movie just, like... It's weird, because, like... It probably has, like, I'm trying to think. I'm trying to think if this is... Not only do, like, a lot of jokes miss, it, miss or not a lot, but, like, I feel like if even 30% of your jokes miss in a, in a comedy movie, that's kind of bad. Um, yeah. But I feel like even, like, the jokes per minute is less than in something like Neighbors or Ted, where, like, those movies are, like, constantly firing things out. Whereas, like, this movie has, like, weirdly like a lot of moments where there's like there's not a lot being said um or, like there's not a lot of like good strong well set up jokes yeah and like uh this film and neighbors both kind of have big third act kind of fight sequences involving seth rogan and mm-hmm. while i'll say like the finger biting off is kind of funny it's also so jarring that you're like ah because like there's not really much of our jokes and occasionally someone gets their finger bitten off like yeah whereas the the seth rogan zach efron fight is amazing (laughs) yeah so yeah Uh and yet to think about it like this movie almost caused the end of western civilization oh yeah the funniest thing about this movie for anyone who like was not really around in 2014 the thing that made this film from a yeah eh, maybe i'll see it for me to a oh my gosh i have to watch this to like validate democracy like her whatever <laughs> is that on is that on november 2014 a group identifying themselves as the guardians of peace hacked Sony Pictures in retaliation for the existence of this film and threatened to take terrorist yep. action against like the premiere of the of the movie causing Sony to pull theatrical release and leading to now and you can still probably find them out somewhere uh, just a bunch of emails talking about all kinds of crazy stuff going on with Sony at the time 
Sony acts are insane. Really just one of the crazier things to happen. Spider-Man <laughs> Snapchat circle. God. <laughs> God, I just remember reading those. Um, I mean, there were genuinely bad things that happened, like, you know, social security numbers getting leaked and things like that, which is obviously awful. But um, just like the internal correspondence going back and forth was so hilarious and insane um like they just revealing how incompetent everybody was um and how petty everybody was like they're all talking behind each other's back like um you know like the producers talking about how they don't like adam sandler and don't uh, think that like after earth is gonna be good because jaden smith can't act and all of these things <laughs> just like uh it really fascinating things um to happen because of a very silly movie like the Internet. yeah uh president obama wound up commenting on it <laughs> once they had pulled the releases yes. he's like you made the wrong call here um yeah <laughs> isn't it like you'd you'd think the movie would be better then <laughs> like <laughs> it's just kind of like a mediocre yeah that's comedy. the thing it built up so much hype for it and everyone's like oh this was yeah. what it was about and then it's do you yeah, think like, that if they, uh, you think if the interview had never been made, that Kim Jong Un would have been on the Joe Rogan Experience by this point? Oh yeah, hundred percent, possibly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah, like, uh, and also I guess to circle back around, uh, we talked about it a little bit earlier in the podcast, but like, the kiss is like. With it, I think it's in like the first eight minutes. Yes. Um, after sort of like the big Eminem interview that we talked about, and then that sort of like springs them into like like sort of like a small like burst of popularity. Their show, their the the Skylark show, um, and then like they're like giving like a speech, and like the camera's super zoomed out, and they're not center frame. They're it's the most, and then the, James Franco just like kisses Seth Rogen out of like happiness, and it is also Seth Rogen's character's birthday. And it just, it cuts away so fast. It's just... It's also their 1,000 the show. Like, it's... Oh, yeah, that, that too. Yeah. But, like... I mean, they're... Kenny, you and I watched this together, and neither of us had any clue that there even had been a kiss well, yeah. in the movie. Yeah, <laughs> like, it does not register. Yeah, we can get this. I had watched this movie, like, a couple a couple weeks ago, and I was like, oh, yeah, this wasn't awful. It wasn't, like, great or whatever. And then... Yeah, and this Discord group, even and I are on, where I pull many of our guests from. We've been watching funny movies all month, if part of something they're calling Funny Vember. Um, they'll be thrilled to hear me say Funny Vember on this podcast. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and Ethan was like, hey, I gotta watch the interview. And I had nothing to do that evening, so I like had popped in. And I'm like, oh, and it was it had been after that scene, so I'm like, has the kiss happened yet? And Ethan's like, yeah, no, it hasn't happened. And then we watched the entire film again. And I was like, wait, where was the kiss? And then uh, past guest Jesse was like, there was supposed to be a kiss in this? Like, like you mean like you mean the one oh yeah, first of all, like you mean the one between like James Franco and like Kim Jong un? And it's like, no, that, that would have made sense. Like God. Yeah, that kiss is funny. Yeah, it, it cuts away really fast. But it's also like it's also the energy of the scene, you know? Like that yeah. one yeah. works so much more, and it's like maybe MTV didn't want to bring on the wrath of North Korea. Yeah, <laughs> they didn't want this the show to be have a terrorist threat. Yeah. 
Yeah, it's it's so weird. But like by 2014, are we done with this by this point? Like 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 come on. Like wow, the the two straight guys kissed for a second. Isn't that hilarious? That deserves applause. I mean, James Franco's character it's, it's, definitely it's, feels like he's bisexual in that. Like it's yeah, and also like True, I, I don't fair. think the I don't think yeah, I don't think the movie's playing it for laughs. I think it's just supposed to be like an ex, or like maybe like slight laughs, but it's not like it's not American Pie two. It's, yeah, you know? it's, it's just like a character. It's like yeah, it's a guy who like kiss his friend, but then of course maybe should have kissed them a bit later on when there is a scene where it looks like they're gonna kiss. But yeah, yeah, yeah. it's like oh man, this movie's so it's so weird. It feels like they got like the premise. And like, they they maybe they were laughing it up at the premise that they just forgot to write like half of the other movie, of because it, it really just feel, yeah it feels super hollow, like it, about as hollow as like the the fake um like grocery <laughs> store like because like there's and like I feel like you know I I I haven't sat down and thought about it so maybe this is actually super hard but I feel like. With like James Franco and um, oh, oh yeah Randall Park, Randall Park. Um, I I also like Randall Park. I love him. Um, he was in oh, what's it? It's like that Wet Hot American Summer Netflix show. Um, yeah, he plays like a he plays like a quasi side character, I think, and it's like hilarious. Yeah, R- Randall um, Park was also on Fresh Off the Boat for several years and was really funny in that. Oh That's... nice. Yeah. But, um, like, I feel like there's so much more they could have done there, you know? And, like, it's just, like, the... It's so, like, not funny the way the plot <laughs> progresses. It feels like there's, like, the jokes and then there's the plot. And, like, these these seem to, like, very rarely, like, intermingle. Like, the scene where, like, yeah. James Franco, like, when, um when randall park's character um kim uh like has that big like explosion (laughs) at dinner like that is it's played almost like as straight as you could be you know um and it's like there could have been such like there could have been such funny moments you know and maybe you maybe you turn up james franco's stupidity so much that he is he is oblivious to like the end or something i don't know yeah there's just so much more you could have done with this I'll movie. I'll say, the one thing that does kind of work is there is, like, an early, early moment where, it's an early scene where, like, when they're in a, the FBI, Franco's going, and he's like, okay, here's the plan. He's like, I shoot him on television. And she's like, nope. She's like, yeah, and I have a bulletproof yeah. vest. She's like, nope. And, like, he lays out this whole thing. He's like, then, she's like, how do you get away? He's like, there's tunnels. And then, like, we and we go through probably into the woods, and then, like, SEAL Team 6 meets us at a point, and we go in one of those inflatable rafts. And they never draw attention to it, but with the exception of Franco is the one who gets shot at the end of the interview, and there's a whole thing with, like, a tank after, it everything does kind of play out exactly as he's, like, saying it's going to happen, yeah. which is a good subtle yeah, bit like to that. do. Yeah, it is, I I I like that as well. Like that's super cool. Also. Do um, we think oh, do sorry. we think something was lost by the film what cuz I know one of the concessions it did make is in, in the original scene of Kim Jong Un's death, you watch his face melt off and it was deemed too violent and they switched it to fire like covers it just as it's getting to that part. 
I feel like you should just leave it in. It's like it's it's so lame that the fire because I was I was waiting for it because I I do remember that being like the one big thing about it is that it seems like really graphic. Um, also like the um like the joke like the um like the Katy Perry firework that's a pretty good running bit I yeah. think. I feel like, like that was the only joke that they wrote. If yeah, definitely. <laughs> like I wish they had like it, it would be. It would be nice if it like it came. I like the I like the frequency that it did come up. I don't feel like they overplayed it that much. It would just be it would be feel better if there was like more chokes in between them. Yeah, it's interesting because Seth yeah. Rogen also directed this, like him and his kind of creative partner Evan Goldberg, and they, uh, this is, comes out a year after This Is the End, which they also directed, which is a lot funnier than this movie. Yeah, much funnier. Yeah, I like that movie a lot, and like yeah, it's weird because like that movie, like I feel like that movie has like a really good premise with like a lot of potential but it like it uses that potential yeah like in a way that this movie feels like it like super doesn't yeah yeah i agree all right anyone else have anything to say about the interview nope no (laughs) great neighbors man oh man i forgot how much i love neighbors until i was watching it again and laughing at so much of it like it's (laughs) <laughs> it's a lot better for sure <laughs> it's it's really good i did i wasn't i wasn't expecting it to be like as good as it was like it's it's a super solid comedy like, we like we talked a couple of weeks ago and like the ted thing where i talked about i'm like yeah shock humor can be good like when it's employed correctly and i and i know i'm like oh yeah it's it's funny that like joe McHale's character like oh yeah and they died of lou gehrig's disease and they don't just invoke aids but in the in the scene where like the baby is like chewing on like the condom and they rush to the hospital yeah. and then Jason Manzukis's doctor comes in and he says, "Your baby," he's like, "Your baby has AIDS. That's how bad this could have gone." I laugh so much, like it's just so mean, <laughs> and like, and the and the thing from that to her getting Roseburn getting angry to like just them back and everything's fine. It's so good. Like it's <laughs> Roseburn is so good in this movie. She's so great. She's so funny. Greatly. And I think it is it it is an important part of why this movie is so good is that the Seth Rogen Roseburn like family stuff is as funny as the rest of the movie you know? yeah yeah um, 100 yeah. um yeah it's this film and it actually does eventually become text in this film during like a key point where they're like where they're argue where they have an argument and then and then she's like why can't you grow up he's like no well, that's supposed to be your job and she's like how dare you say that to me like i want to be immature too like that is kind of like the yeah. the thing that works with this film is that she's not like the scold or like as they say like not like the kevin james wife or whatever like she is like a character who's just as invested in like wanting to have a good time with him and makes just you know just as many mistakes about things and yeah 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 also do you guys have like a favorite bit in this movie um it's uh i I love the uh, the Robert De Niro party. I think is yeah, very funny. Yeah, I love. Um, I specifically like Gerard Carmichael dresses Samuel Jackson and Jackie Brown doing the Pulp Fiction speech. <laughs> I I love when when Hannibal Burns realizes that um uh, 
J- Jared Carmichael's character's name is Garfield. <laughs> and he, and they just have a bit that goes on way too long. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> also, the first Hannibal scene where he's like, "Don't you, don't you ever like call again?" He's like, "You're the police." <laughs> like, <laughs> oh, that's, that's amazing. And Ike Barinholtz, there's the parts on this film that give me a MVP. bit of pause. Are like, it's I'll say it the the jokes that it's, it's like him saying like the slurs a couple times where it's like, even though the joke is, "Oh, he shouldn't be saying that." It's like. Did, did we have to have that? It's... Yeah. I think I think the first one works because he's doing yeah. the Obama impression. <laughs> and the like look on his face is, after he does it? That, yeah, the, the shock humor in that is perfect. And the, uh, the other times, I feel like, it, yeah, it is like kind of like, yeah. oh, geez. But the, yeah. Like, it is kind of unnecessary. Yeah, but I'll say the bit where they're like, okay, what's the one thing that can get like a frat shut down? And then when he's just like, rape! And they're like, what? No! That that also makes me laugh a lot. Really funny. Yeah. Baron Holtz is really yeah. good. He's and then good. is he? He's um. Wait, sorry. He is in uh, Blockers. Yes, right? he's yes. He's, he's the, the best, best part in Blockers. Yeah. And the the part that reminded me the most of Blockers is the bit where they find where well first oh yeah because first you find out like the, they look at the thing it's like wait he's like there's Jewish writing in this and then it it's it's like how would they know it's like. Well, I did sneak a little, like, Easter egg into, like, the code. It's like, what? It's like, I snuck some Hebrew into the insignia. They're like, why'd you do that? Like, that's, like, I think the most blockers this exchange where he's just explaining. He's like, I thought it was, like, a calling card. So they look at you like, ah, gotcha. They're like, what? We're mid-highs. Why would you do that? Like, it's... Oh, yeah. Oh, jeez. Yeah, even talking about it, like, this movie is so... I was, like, shocked. I was this was like I watched this after the interview like I was like fully prepared to be so like burnt out by this point and this movie is just hysterical Lisa Kudrow's scenes is like the dean who just cares about the headlines (laughs) 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 frat practices safe sex that's a good headline it's like negligent parents let baby eat condom (laughs) (laughs) yeah oh my gosh like oh man like um uh like i remember i think i used the phrase i think in like a previous episode um that like crazy stupid love is not a ryan gosling movie it's like a movie with ryan gosling in it like this movie feels it doesn't feel like a seth rogan comedy it feels like a comedy with seth rogan in it which is like really really nice Yeah. yeah um like everyone everyone is hilarious in this movie yeah yeah i think yeah this is definitely a kind of comedy i like um another thing i like about this film is the escalation of the conflict it's not like the whole thing is them like just in a prank war for a hundred minutes but there's starts and stops and whenever it starts up again it's based in like some character thing of like either them like just being too bored with their life to let it go or zach efron having like lost everything else in pursuit of like his dream to like throw the perfect party uh, party to the point where he just can't help but like keep riling the riling them up and stuff like that's why i think it just make, makes this w- work in where like it's you you never get to like even when there's a point where you're like okay they really shouldn't be doing this still the movie is also better okay they really shouldn't be doing this still like it's yeah 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 and then uh 
if we want to bring it into like the kiss i'll say this about the kiss it should have been a three-way nomination i agree it is absolute fraud yeah. Dave Franco is as much a part of that as the other yeah. two. Jeez, they, like, I can't believe they filled their Franco quota, I guess. <laughs> yeah, that's the thing. It's like, you you either should just nominate Park and, Frank, Park and Franco for the interview, and then Rogan and Byrne for Neighbors, or you add Dave Franco to, like, the Neighbors. Because, yes, like, the of course, the key moment is she is when Rose Byrne kisses, say, yeah, Halston Sage... Like London, like they had that great Fergie drop with the oh shit, oh shit, oh shit, yeah. and like the and it it's something where like it is kind of like a okay male gazy thing, but that's also kind of the joke where Seth Rogen is just distracted yeah. from his thing by his whoa, like which I think makes this one I work. Do. Like it's I do really <laughs> like this scene, like the whole premise behind it because this is when rose Byrne gets to use her expertise right like i love her going into the party and like just looking at the at the people for like <laughs> 10 seconds of them knowing exactly what the relationship it, problems are and how to exploit them right like i love and, i love that yeah, part and um, yeah that's that's something too that she comes up with the plan and executes it perfectly like yeah yeah <laughs> yeah this, yeah it should be between the three of us it's on and like oh man i don't know it's i think it's just something about like movies that can like the amount of tenseness in that scene when like seth rogan's trying to get zach Efron to see them <laughs> like i was genuinely invested i was like oh he's gonna do it in the middle of a dance party yeah, yeah. <laughs> I love it. It's so simple. It's just him <laughs> jumping to the other end. <laughs> yeah. Um, also, yeah, Zach Efron's really good in this. Like, I think this is where like he's yeah. been trying for a few years to break out of like the High School Musical, like musical, like you know, Disney mode would end. This is kind of the film that really sort of heralds in the age of Zach Efron, adult comedy star, like. Yeah. yeah, yeah. He's then, even better in the second one, I think. Yeah. Uh, or is this before or after? Um, it's Dirty Grandpa, right? That's like the non. That's not like the yeah. jackass. Like, yeah. Dirty Grandpa. Yeah, Dirty Grandpa. I remember liking Dirty Grandpa. I have heard I it's very like... good. Um, okay, good. I'm glad. Okay, then I, I'm going to trust my memory on that one because, like, I remember, I remember, like, there being like really good bits in that movie. I think, like. Zac Efron's like quasi like straight man to De Niro's like wildness is awesome. Yeah. Um also yeah, this yeah, yeah he's this good. film features yeah, Carla Gallo as like Ike Marinholtz's character's ex wife and she was notably well, I guess technically the her relationship with Rogan is they were both on one of Judd Apatow's T V series together undeclared. But I know her for having a long-standing recurring role on the hit TV show Bones. Oh, of course. Yeah. <laughs> and Any I... opportunity to bring up Bones, huh? Yeah, I'm like, oh my god, I can talk about Bones. <laughs> and I remember um, I have when uh, my ex-girlfriend used to watch Bones while I played video games, and I would hear it every once in a while. <laughs> <laughs> do you do you guys know Halston Sage, the other nominee here? Um, not uh, not intimately. No, she's in the only other uh, John Green film, Paper Towns, the next year. So that's your uh, your your tie oh. into 
The Fault in Our Stars. Wow. Yeah, I had seen... I watched a couple episodes of the show she had been in, Prodigal Prodigal Son, where, yeah, which was, like, basically a show about, like, the son works for the FBI, and his dad's, like, a serial killer in prison, and she's, like, the sister in the family, who also maybe has tendencies, so... It's mainly what I knew. I think she just does TV now, really. I mean, she's on one of those DC shows, I think. Yeah. She's also in Grown Ups 2. Well, there you go. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, hey. Yeah. Grown Ups 2. And she's in Goosebumps. Oh. <laughs> remember Goosebumps? Oh, yes. I, I, I mean, I remember Goosebumps. I'm going to assume... Right. She's probably just one of the supporting teen characters in it. Yeah. She's one of the teenagers, yeah. I don't really remember... Any of the characters' names or what they do. And I remember Dylan Minnette is, like, really good at it. Like, that's what I, that's what I remember all the When's he not? I dare you to answer. <laughs> wow. Wow. I get to bring up, like, yeah. Wow, I get to bring up Bones and, oh, wait. And 13 Reasons Why? Oh, yeah, he's great in 13 Reasons Why, I think, personally. <laughs> Certainly by the end, he's, he's really bringing something unique to the table i definitely angrily stopped watching that show after the second season ended with oh that's just when it gets good kitty the third and fourth are insane (laughs) i i've only seen clips but apparently there's like a dream sequence that takes place in like the cybernetic future cowboys yes yes the the Uh, last season is truly like I, Absolutely insane. I, I think I've only seen like little snippets, but like the one major takeaway that I know is that like I don't know if it's intentional or not, but they try to redeem the fuck out of like the yes. rapist character. Yes, yeah, they they really put a lot of work into it's making like the, the, like <laughs> they're like throwing a... their whole back into redeeming this guy. Yeah, well, people <laughs> people are complicated. God, I'm, I'm <laughs> no. 13 Reasons Why was the show where, like, I watched the first season, like, I worked with, like, a youth group, and the first season was a big thing, so I'm like, I am obligated to watch this, so, like, I can have conversations about it with, like, any teenagers who might, like, want to talk about it, and then, around the second season, I think I watched it for similar reasons, and quickly realized that pretty much no one in the group was, like, watching or really cared at that point, so I'm like, oh... Maybe I can just watch this and go, oh, this is stupid. And then the end, the ending was just so tone, tone deaf. I'm like, yeah, I don't think I need to keep up with this, but maybe I go back, see how crazy yeah. it gets. It gets better. It gets better the further they get from Hannah Baker, I would say. Yeah. <laughs> um, um, yeah. But yeah, Neighbors. Um, oh, yeah. Another scene I like is when it does get to a point where like Seth Rogen and Rose Byrne have their big like blow up fight and you're like, oh, is this gonna like suddenly take over the movie? It's resolved almost immediately because they're like adults in a healthy relationship. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's super nice. Like, yeah, this movie is like full of super funny bits. Yeah. Um, like, like, the, yeah, like the Hebrew calling card is so funny. Yeah. And then, of course, the fight <laughs> sequence, which, like, there's just a lot of payoffs and yeah. the, like, well, kind of climatic stuff piece of the film of them having to infiltrate one last party. Um, oh, oh yeah, the set, the setup with like the cameos from the Lonely Island and workaholics and 
Jake Johnson as like past members of the frat who have like allegedly done yeah. all this stuff is like really good. <laughs> like inventing beer pong. <laughs> oh, yeah. Also the bit where Frank was like, also- my brother's frat also thinks they invented beer pong. He's like, they're lawyers. Like just <laughs> <laughs> oh it's so it's good it's real good but yeah the fight with like like the dildo callback too like just (laughs) yeah oh yeah no this scene like in in contrast to the interview i feel like this this movie like doesn't pass up an opportunity to like tell a really good joke like yeah every every scene takes like full advantage of like everything surrounding the scene like all the characters in it as well yeah it also has this film also got a lot of MTV Movie Award nominations and one and won a bunch in yeah, including one of the ones that won and best best WTF moment apparently at a certain point they stopped just t- telling him what the moment is but the moment you say Seth Rogen and Rose Byrne for Neighbors I know exactly what scene they're talking about which is like as far as gross set, gross out humor set pieces in movies go like the, the scene where like he breaks the breast pump and has to like milk her is god like it's oh yeah especially after you know We're the Millers has like deformed like comedy penis and this film with like just with like kind of you know poi you know poison comedy boobs there it's like the one time where i'm not like oh do we need to see this there because i'm like oh yeah this there's no fan service here this is just gross looking (laughs) 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 yeah that's i have i have exhausted my my uh my neighbor's material yeah it's good movie it is a great comedy and like it's it's one where i feel yeah. like it got good reviews and people are like oh yeah this is fine well then i was watching i'm like oh no i would put this up there with game G- game night is like the one big studio comedy that people hold up as oh yeah this was like best of the decade material but i think this film blockers like neighbors 2 maybe i'm excited to revisit neighbors 2 good boys i'd say they all kind of get up there it's like these really just top comedies from the studio mm-hmm. system um, yeah yeah but with that we can probably just move on and it's not really a good transition to say and now more like superhero talk but hey here's captain america (laughs) yeah back back to the uh the real mcu not the sony mcu Um, have you guys had a marvel movie yet this is the only Um, like official mcu film that we cover for best kids yeah yeah um it's what a weird one to I guess maybe not a weird one to pick. I was I was thinking like I was like, oh well you guys are gonna ha- probably be talking about a lot of Marvel movies going forward, but now I'm like, there aren't any kisses in Marvel movies. <laughs> so no. probably won't. Yeah, Marvel movies <laughs> very yeah. chaste for the most part. Yeah, exactly. And like oh, this one's so weird. I I had to like look it up like mid podcast because like I was bothering the hell out of me. I was like, was there actually a kiss in Guardians One? And There's gotta be right. No, it's an almost kiss. Like, oh, uh, um, like uh, Gamora and Star Lord almost kiss, but like right before they do, and it's an amazing scene. Like, if they actually connected, yeah. like, screw the interview one. Like this one, take that spot, please. Um, Very romantic. Yeah, but like it's it's cut off right at the last minute or the last second. Um, but yeah, 
Um, but yeah, Marvel movies just don't have a lot of kisses in them, weirdly enough. Um, but this movie, I'm glad I got to revisit it. Because I definitely had a pretty, not bad experience with this one on my first watching. But this was one, I think this was the last movie I watched before it was either, I think it was Infinity War. Because I was just catching up on all the ones that I missed. And I was super burnt out on, on these movies yeah. by the time I watched this one. Yeah, this is one, I, I remember, this is kind of a film that is sort of held up as one of the like high points of the mcu after avengers it's it was kind of avengers was one where like well how are they gonna like do this momentum and then um iron man 3 was underappreciated at the time it's yeah and then this is the one where like it i remember being interested because although it's hard to imagine now because they become so like entwined with marvel the Russo brothers then were best known for directing the paintball episode of Community. Like, it's, yeah, this yeah. is their first one, huh? This is crazy. Yeah this this is like their their directorial debut. So like that, and and like the reviews were like really positive for this one. And this was a film where it was before my theater. It was in the days before reserve seating, and like me and my friends like got to the theater kind of late. Or kind of forced to sit in the very front row, and like just plastered up against the screen, and this still hit like a ton of bricks. Like I, I know there's been like some people in recent years who're like, well, this one's not really that good, but this is I I think def a very solid movie. Oh like, yeah. It's... No, I mean I I did this was the only one I did not rewatch. I did rewatch. I watched the kiss scene on YouTube. But I did not rewatch the movie, but I've seen it multiple times. I think it's a good movie for sure. Um, great, really surprisingly good action scenes. Which it, I only say surprising considering, like, I don't think the action scenes in the Russo brothers' other Marvel films are good. <laughs> um, but in this one, they feel very, I don't know, tactile. Like they're real stunt performers and things. Even if maybe there aren't, I don't know. Yeah, the yeah, the elevator fight got a lot of hype for a good reason. It's like close quartered, it's choreographed, it's definitely yeah. There's definitely like more solid action than yeah. a lot of like you know, Marvel I, um, movies, not even just like really Russo like Brother ones. Like, uh, I think like I only issue and it's weird because this this is like it's like one issue, but it sort of like it is existing throughout the whole movie that like this movie is just so not about the winter soldier. It's like really sad, um, like, like especially with how like kind of bloated like uh, Civil War feels. I feel like they should have like, I think I wrote it down like you know where like the reveal that it's like Bucky in like the big helicarrier. That like that scene, um, maybe not on like a helicarrier, but like that realization should have happened like halfway through the movie. Like, it's just like. I feel like like it's this movie is called to Winter Soldier, but like he's so he's in it so little, and I feel like that like that can't help but like but like hurt um, his like his presence later on that like he kind of has to start from almost nothing in Civil War. No, not not, not really. No, I mean Sebastian not a great actor, also and not, not the a great strongest of the MCU. It's, it's difficult, I would say. Um, as you say, like they underwrite the character a lot. Um, they could do a lot of yeah. 
more interesting it's, things with him and Captain America in this movie, yeah. their interplay. But uh, he's yeah. really more of just like a physical threat, which is fine. Yeah. But uh, yeah, it just makes like those like really emotional scenes, like with him and like Cap just like fall kind of flat, which is like upsetting because I feel like they wanted those to be like super important. Um, like it's just like, and, and I don't know, I, I don't know. And like the b- bigger problem is that I feel like this movie like is like pretty effective with time. I don't think there was anything that like I feel like you could cut because like everything, everything that's not like quote unquote necessary is like really fun. Like the like the German AI guy, like that guy's just really fun. I wouldn't want to cut that scene at all. Um. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. The Bucky thing it was always interesting because, like, Bucky again to get into some com- comic chat because that's the thing. In the forties, Captain America comics was oh yeah, it's it's him and his little psychic Bucky, and they go around and they fight Nazis, and then eventually. They do kind of try and do Captain America stuff after World War Two, but then future Marvel stuff kind of just retconned it to, oh, that was like a fake Captain America. The government brought in a different one because they didn't want people to know. Because then eventually the character goes away for a while, and then in the early 60s they come up with the conceit of, oh, he was frozen in the ice and now he's a man out of time and Bucky died and like this big, big thing that... And for years there was a comic saying where it's like, oh yeah, everyone stays dead, or no one stays dead in comics except for like Bucky, Uncle Ben, and uh, one of the Batman sidekicks, Jason Todd. But then they resurrected Jason Todd and Bucky very similarly to each other. So now it's like, oh, Uncle Ben's the only one who stays dead. Like the, but, but like the, or but the, but in the comics when like they did the Winter Soldier and they revealed it was Bucky, that was like a big deal because there'd been decades worth of stories like, and actual wait to like his sidekick being like back. Where in this yeah. one you're like, Bucky who? Oh yeah, I guess he was kind of in the last film. Like it's, yeah, um, yeah, I think it's like it's weird because like I I want to say, I think like. Captain America, the first Avenger, like that, I think that is like one of my favorites. I really like it. Um, but like, it's really weird that like the Captain American movies, like don't have like a strong identity, which is like weird saying in like the MCU, but like, like, you know how like every Guardians movie, like has like a very, like very James Gunn, like it has like a particular style, but like the first Captain America is very different from this movie. And this movie is very different from Civil War because Civil War is just an Avengers movie, but it's the Captain America one for some reason. Like, it's so weird. And I feel like that kind of like, I don't know. I, I think I feel like all the things I liked about like the first Captain America just aren't in this one at all, which isn't bad. It still has its own little things. Exactly. <laughs> Yeah, you're like, they need a song. Just, <laughs> what happened? Why doesn't he do it with the USO anymore? Just... Uh, oh, I, before... Yeah, oh, and before... Uh, this is something I just completely didn't pick up yeah. on my first Where point. are the I Nazis? Like the little, um, I like, like the sad scene where like Peggy like clearly has some form of like dementia or something. Um, yeah. Like has a very notebook-esque scene at near the beginning of the movie where like they're talking and then she like sort of snaps or she has like a moment where she like she like kind of like it's like she just met him like she he just came in for the first time like clearly there's something going on there i think that's really interesting and then they insin- and then they insinuate that he's gonna like 
hook up with her was it granddaughter or niece I or think what is that? It's, yeah which goes like nowhere uh, <laughs> she is her niece yeah 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 because in the comics sharon carter is like a big character and is actually caps like big love interest so this was kind of setting up for that but then what happens is Haley atwell people like her so much in like first soldier and stuff that and ABC is trying to make their Marvel shows happening, so they do Agent Carter, which is like about her adventures in World War Two, and and everyone likes the character so much that they just kind of do things for like, well, obviously Peggy will always be Steve's great love, and Sharon's kind of just shafted off to the sidelines, and now they're kind of they're kind of building her up. Like I don't know if either of you saw Falcon and the Winter Soldier, but they're kind of building her up to maybe be more of a power player in the next Captain America film, like with Falcon as the yeah, guy, but um what do you what do we think of the chemistry between uh Evans and Johansson? It's like good teamwork yeah. chemistry, like you get it's they not, trust each other. It's it's, it's not, not romantic. romantic at all. <laughs> uh it's uh it's fun. You know, it's it's a nice little I guess ground level Marvel movie, which I like to see, you know, like it doesn't feel. Yeah. 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 It's have a nice done platonic more... like, relationship. They have, they've never gone back to Scarlett Johansson and, uh, and uh, Mark Ruffalo, right? They've never broached that again. I think so. Not to my knowledge. Yeah. Well, he left the planet and then, I feel they have a bit of a reunion, <laughs> a bit in Endgame, or there's something there, but she also, like, dies pretty Jeez, soon. We're just busting out all the <laughs> Endgame spoilers in this one. <laughs> so much for Don't Spoil the Endgame. Oh, yeah. No, it's like, this one, again, I'm, I do this a lot, and I'm <laughs> never going to stop. I am stealing this. Someone else said this. Um, but, like, I think what they said is that this movie is, like, a decent superhero movie and a decent spy thriller um which like if if both of those like for a lot of people both of those combine into like a really good movie and i can absolutely see that um but like for me i feel like those like kind of clash a little bit and that i wish it like i would have really liked like a really cool like spy thriller movie um but i do appreciate like the really actiony scenes of this one too so it's really tough but i, I did that, that I've heard that criticism and it definitely like kind of I've definitely felt yeah, that yeah I think it loses movie. the thread by the ending like that's kind of where I, I, I yeah. check out on the movie is when it's at the point where it's like the helicarrier is crashing out of the sky and everything is I'm just like I I don't know that we need this I liked it when it was kind of smaller yeah a little, a little yeah. more grounded yeah the action like definitely kind of falls off a bit at the end as, as often happens in Marvel films, Shang-Chi being a good recent example of, like, a very good movie that suddenly just turns into a bunch of gray yeah. CGI stuff at the end. Yeah, like, but... yeah. Especially speaking to that, like, the bus, the bus scene is, like, amazing. And then, like, the ending yeah. fight is kind of like, okay, whatever. Yeah, it's like, it's a dragon. Ah. Yeah. I, I like that it oh. explodes. when it explodes. But, like, I should, like... <laughs> Like I shouldn't be like more excited by the uh by like the bus scene with the knife hand guy like uh, that that was just so well done I for love sure that, one that a seems lot. great I love that 
yeah, but yeah, so this is like solid Marvel. Not again, not not a ton to say on this one. Um, it's yeah, it's a, the second the second Marvel movie in this yeah. in this this year. Like it definitely feels like this just got nominated because they're like kids love those Marvel. The kiss is like fine. You know, it's, it's a, yeah. The kiss is okay. It's it's. It's functional. It's better than the interview kiss. Yeah, absolutely, yes. and then like it's, it serves its purpose. It makes it makes a good case for why a lot of these movies don't have kisses in them anyway. Yeah, it was a um, moment, but it's a, it's a moment that's been done in like so many action movies. You know, like yeah, uh, exactly. Like oh, let's distract them. Wait, what? Oh my gosh, what did I? It also happened in friggin' Neighbors. <laughs> <laughs> They couldn't. They couldn't uh-huh. find a. There wasn't a rom com out that year. You know, there had to be at least yeah. one that they could have had an actual something. Yeah. Or this would be this would be twenty fourteen movies they're pulling from. Like they could have done Gone Girl. <laughs> <laughs> oh my, If Gone Girl had gotten nominated, I, we'd have so much fun in that segment. Isn't like why was this nominated for best kiss? <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's just it's one of those things where like it is a problem that i thought was going to be much more prevalent than i i feel like in in actuality it was was that like i feel like i was worried that like more mainstream sort of like blockbuster movies were gonna start dominating this list but like and that happens like a little bit but uh not very long after that to do no what winds up happening is tv winds up dominating yeah, exactly this list. eventually tv just ends <laughs> up just sweeping everything um like we we wait so long for like the <laughs> why the like mainstream blockbuster films to overcome it that we don't even see tv yeah. just swooping and in and venom <laughs> out, of, <laughs> out of everything venom <laughs> and aquaman Man. Uh-huh. Uh, I think just like in how in our host choice episode we sing a thousand years, I'm gonna propose that in twenty eight, that in twenty nineteen or whatever <laughs> we try and do the Venom rap. Yes. Uh-huh. I'm pretty excited for twenty nineteen. Only... I want I can't I want to watch Aquaman again. Um, oh. I remember. Oh yeah. I because like I don't want to look it up on YouTube because I want to be like I want to be impacted by it again. But like that one scene with like the scary like monsters like that have like the red eyes or whatever yeah i remember that looking like cool as fuck and i want to i wonder if that if one if that holds up because i remember that movie being pretty okay aquaman a movie i've only ever seen while like intoxicated yeah, a good mode, mode to see it in yeah. <laughs> yeah 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 let's we'll go into this but yeah but like yeah, but Ben, but Ben and some other friends saw Aquaman with me for my birthday. Right. Yeah, yeah, where we had definitely hit the bar first, <laughs> and I convinced one of our friends that uh, Aquaman's mortal enemy was Fire Girl, um. <laughs> Fire Woman. Oh, yeah, because yeah, it's yeah, we have a friend who's like not really up on pop culture, so she's like. Who does Aquaman fight? And it's like Fire Woman, and then and then like she comes up to me, and I'm like. What are you talking about? (laughs) Shout out to Liana, who one day I'll find a way to get on here. (laughs) Well, well, who knows? Maybe she's the biggest Mike and Dave need wedding dates fan that we just didn't know. I think... (laughs) 
oh yeah, I'm supposed to tell her when the High School Musical episode was out so she could listen to that <laughs> section, and I never did. <laughs> I think if they, if I could have replaced this kiss with one kiss from 2014, you could keep Scarlett Johansson, but instead do the uh, John Favreau film Chef, <laughs> in which it is very likely that he wrote the character that Scarlett Johansson plays just so that he could have an excuse to kiss her. That would that would be John Favreau and Scarlett Johansson kissing on movie. If I'm remembering correctly, that happens in that film. Yes. <laughs> oh my god! Why wasn't that? And also, maybe I have completely made that up. <laughs> it just seems like something that does happen in that movie. <laughs> uh, okay. I know there is a kiss gonna... in Lucy, but I don't remember if it's any good. Um, it's got to at least be this, and good. that's also another Scarlett Johansson like kiss that we could have kept in yeah 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 um yeah 2015 um definitely the year that looks the worst from the outside um with like two marvel movies and two Seth Rogen comedies <laughs> and then like a um a, a young adult novel movie i guess it's um, a it's more but of just it, yeah. like a kind of a boring year. Like you don't have anything super yeah. in, out there. Um, Every everything's good, but no, nothing like you. There's no Don Johns this week. You know, <laughs> I I was hoping for another Don John. <laughs> um, I am glad we seem to have Don John. But yeah, this is a good time to transition into our movie rankings. So who wants to go first? Oh, I can go first because I have them all listed out. These one I shuffled around a little bit. I put some things across from each other, but I think I've I think I've settled where they are. Um, yeah, I think at the bottom, uh, I think it's I think I think it's pretty obvious if if y'all been listening out there. Um, interviews at the bottom, um, just like not a super solid comedy. Really good premise. And, like, a couple jokes, like, really work. But it just, it misses too much. Um, and then above that, I'd probably put Captain America Winter Soldier. Um, it's a solid movie, but it's, like, it's probably one of the weakest for me in the MCU. Um, uh, and then above that, I would probably put Spider Amazing Spider-Man 2. I feel like it it, wow. it gets enough right that it keeps me, it, it keeps me engaged and going. And, like, I feel like... I feel like it has the potential to be a great, great movie. And, like, that's enough for me. Like, within the first three minutes, you get the Spider-Man dick cam where, like, the camera's, like, clearly right over his junk when it's watching him swing. That's iconic. Um, <laughs> uh, and then iconic, yeah. I would have to... <laughs> exactly. Um, and then I would have to... I think I'm going to put... Um, the fault in our stars as number one with neighbors as number two just the fault in our stars just was like such a good movie and like such a nice like somewhat palate cleanser after like not bad but not super like unique movies that um that that i watched this week very nice that's not what i would have expected i guess i would have expected you to put neighbors number one what do you got even uh wow um Interview at the bottom. Then Captain America the Winter Soldier. I guess I'm going to go off of if you asked me next week to watch one of these. Which one? Like the order in which I would watch it again yeah, fastest. That's a good way of going about um, it. That's a really good way. So the, the at the bottom is the interview. And then Winter Soldier. 
then Perks of Being a Wallflower, Amazing Spider-Man 2, <laughs> Neighbors at the top. And where would you put the fault in our star? Oh my gosh, I did it again. <laughs> I thought you were joking. I, I genuinely did not do it on purpose. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you really want to be on that episode, huh? I, I just listened to it. It was a great episode. You did great work. Uh, <laughs> um, maybe that's it. Just stuck in my mind. Uh I think I'm still. Yeah. I think I was just listening to it, so I think I'm on that episode. But um. yeah, he w- he was telling me he's like, he's like, you know, when I was 14, I didn't know Heroes by David Bowie. That's probably a law of truth of the law of the audience. There, I'm like, okay, fine. It's a perspective we didn't think about. <laughs> uh. Yeah. So for me, um, yeah, um, it's tough because like, Amazing Spider-Man Two is maybe. M- is like more definitely more ambitious than the interview, but I also think the the interview has uh I don't know like it's the the interview is a film where like I watch it and I don't I don't think about it that much like I watched it twice and that wasn't even that bad where Amazing Spider Man two oh, maybe I could could watch it twice but. Yeah, I'm gonna say amazing too at the at the bottom. There's stuff I like, and it's just overweighed by all the miss potential, which yeah does not like elevate things for me in this case. Then the interview, and the then pro, yeah probably Captain America: The Winter Soldier. Then Fault in Our Stars with Neighbors at the top. Um, but how did the kisses do? Oh, yeah. Um, I think the kisses follow a pretty similar trajectory for me. Um, I think the interview one at the bottom, like, there are better kisses in this movie, like, that blow it out of the water, which is, like, so weird. Um, But then above that one, I'd have, like, the Captain America one. It's super, like, cliched. Um, It's, like, a good kiss, Um, but, like, it's just, it's just kind of meh. It doesn't really add much. Um, And then above that one, it's really tough um but i think I've, i think i've put like the neighbors one here it's like it's really good but i think the i'm gonna put the spider-man one above that one i just think this but like the pre the pre with like the web i love you that's super good and then the fault in our stars one is clearly number one um only kiss to take place in a movie in the Anne frank museum <laughs> you gotta give it points just for that honestly it's bold it's brash um does not belong in the trash it's just great my list is very similar uh interview at the bottom then captain america neighbors and then i'll switch them i'll do perks too and then spider-man at the top just because i love those two i love that moment it's you know I, i love peter and gwen they're the best yeah definitely yeah interview at the bottom then captain america winter soldier and then yeah, neighbors in three. Like again, it's I like the scene a lot more than the kiss itself. Maybe if it had all of it or whatever. But I'll I'll say I think any of these kisses could be enhanced by like the London Bridge's needle drop, um, <laughs> which is definitely like it's a really really good way to elevate what could have been a worse kiss. Um, but then yeah, and then hmm, gosh, this is tough. 
Um, yeah, I'm going to have to back my co-hosts here and say I'll take the Anne Frank house kiss if Vault in Our Stars is number one. Though, yeah, Amazing Spider-Man 2. I remember I'm like, man, is this just going to be much worse being on like a same group of nominees that has the Spider-Man 1, one, one kiss? And I'll say, well, this definitely isn't as iconic as that moment. Like, it is a very good kiss. Like, it's... Yeah. 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 Bravo. And now, of course, comes to, like, our favorite recurring segment on the show, Popcorn or Not Corn. Ethan, I have compiled together <laughs> six stories about childhood cancer. Some are true, some are false. <laughs> oh, I see. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, I'm ready to go. <laughs> yeah, I I can I had work to do. I'm like I'm like how far do I take the bit? Then on Ethan's podcast, he plays a game where he comes up with six stories based on something related to the Scooby Doo episode they covered, and then they like and they have to guess whether it's true or false. <laughs> oh man! Oh, I didn't get a chance to ask you this, or maybe I did, and I've already forgotten because it was it was literally two decades ago. Um, <laughs> yeah, exactly. How how what, what what would you say the quality of the kisses in Scooby Doo are? The movies, the live action ones. Um, yeah, like or the TV show even. Um, I'm not sure. Yeah, Mystery like, Inc. probably had some kisses, right? There's, like, some good, there's some good kisses in Mystery Inc. Um, I mean. You know, there's there the the when when you're going with uh with with uh Scooby Doo the live action ones, you really just have Fred and Daphne. They kiss at the end, uh, which is nice because you know Freddie Prince and, and Sarah Michelle Gellar are uh, uh you know married, married yes. so it's nice. They have nice chemistry. But in Mystery Inc., there is a an iconic moment where uh, Shaggy is having a um, a uh a, like a, like a nightmare basically uh, like it's a whole episode of where the gang are in like this haunted house that that affects their nightmares that they uh think that they're seeing real things that are happening um and in scooby-doo mystery incorporated for at least the first season uh shaggy and velma have like an off and on again thing um so there's this iconic scene in that in that episode where shaggy thinks he's kissing Velma, but then we pan out and it's revealed that it's Shaggy and Daphne are actually kissing, and it's a nightmare. I thought you were going to say Shaggy and Scooby-Doo. That would be different. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, Shaggy and Daphne kissing on screen. Imagine that. What a concept. Yeah, it does happen. Wow. So that's the best Scooby-Doo kiss, in my opinion. Okay. I'm glad I know that. Yeah, so now we have actually come to our yeah segment recommendation of the week, where everyone gets to recommend something for the audience. So, um, Ethan, do you, do you got anything? Oh, I got I not, well, My recommendation is the Netflix original series, Gaten Matarazzo's Prank Encounters. This is a prank show that nobody knows exists, hosted by Gaten Matarazzo from Stranger Things. He's the, oh yes, Dustin. Yes, the kid with the uh, the, the the mouth. <laughs> I don't know how else to describe him, but you know, you would know immediately who I'm talking about. Uh, he has this. Yeah, only one actor in the world has a mouth. <laughs> he has this prank show 
uh, where he scares random people. And I love this show because nobody knows that the show exists or who Gaten Matarazzo is, including the people who are on the show being pranked. So it's mostly like... So it starts out for like 20 minutes. It's really boring and nothing is happening. And then they have like two minutes of actual scares at the end, which are always really terrible and really embarrassing. And then to make matters worse, they bring Gaten out to like reveal that it's a, a prank show. And then nobody knows who he is. And he's like so excited and has this like this goofy grin on his face. Where he's like, you're on my prank show. Don't you know what it is? And everyone looks at him like he's insane. And I get secondhand cringe every single time. And I love it. It's unlike anything else. Highly recommend um, if you like things that are uh, uncomfortable to watch. <laughs> That's my recommendation is Prank Encounters. There are two seasons. Check it out. It's wonderful. Another great thing about it is that um, the conceit is always that the people being pranked think that they are starting a new job. And then uh, at the end, they realize that they don't have a job, which makes it even worse. Um, and then they filmed the second season during COVID, which made it even worse than it already was. So if you like Schadenfreude and, and cringe, uh, Prank Encounters is the show for you. So it's just pranking unemployed people? Yes, it's really sad, actually. <laughs> live watch an episode of Frank Encounters? <laughs> Just, no. What uh, do you got this week, Ben? Uh, this week, um, there is a musical artist called... I've only ever seen it written, so I don't know how it's actually pronounced. Um, <laughs> it's pronounced Taylor Swift. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. What did Jake... Did Jake Gyllenhaal do anything bad? Oh, I don't know gosh. why everyone's so mad at him. I don't know if he actually did something bad or people just really like taylor swift a little um, <laughs> i don't want to i don't he was probably a bad boyfriend to her okay. and but he didn't do this... anything like cancelable really <laughs> okay that's yeah that's the thing i want to make sure i did i didn't want to i didn't ever want to you know come to bat for the bottom from brokeback mountain but like i i wanted to make sure that it he didn't actually do anything awful it's more uh, yeah it's really just like we just have her side of the story and that it was yeah, a really exactly. bad breakup. Um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, but my recommendation uh, is um, Philip, uh, I think it's Labes. Um, he just has a very like kind of soft, nice voice. He makes like kind of uh, like little, little ditties, little songs. Um, I think in my apartment is probably my favorite one. Um, but yeah, just give his entire discography a listen. I don't think it's very big. Um, I found him just randomly scrolling through TikTok. Um, yeah, I just have, I really enjoy that his songs. Oh, nice! It's no pranking unemployed people. But <laughs> <laughs> something. <laughs> yeah, God. Um. So yeah, my recommendation is. So um, the this past week on everyone's favorite holiday disney plus day <laughs> they released a simpsons short what was terrible called the simpsons and plus anniversary <laughs> and it made me go is the simpsons just completely creatively bankrupt so i was looking into what they were doing with this season 
and I found an episode that actually I think would fit in with not like the highest highs of the show, but if you've said, oh yeah, this is just like kind of one of the lesser episodes of season eight, but it's still really good, like, it'd be believable, it's a thing, like, it's, yeah, it's called like Lisa's Belly, the premise is just, it it starts off with them like kind of spoofing the dangerous water park trend that the documentary Class Action Park brought to people's attention, where, oh, the the Simpson kids get, like, an infection on a water slide, and they have to take steroids to heal from it, which caused a bit of weight gain. But then the bulk of the thing is, Mar, is when Bart and Lisa are going to school, Mar just casually like, oh, you, oh, you're getting so, so chunky. Like, so, you know, in, like, a friendly Marge way, and it just, the word just lodges itself in Lisa's head, and it becomes a really sweet, like, episode about kind of body image and how just the words our parents casually say say to us, like, can just, like, become a massive part of our psyche, and I'm like, oh, so they are still capable of, like, doing good stuff, and then I watched another episode, and I haven't seen the second part yet, but they then did, us. they say it's like a spoof of ultra-violent prestige TV dramas, it's mainly a spoof of the TV show Fargo, and it's like a non-canon Simpsons episode with Succession's Brian Cox. Sounds good. Doing like a, yeah, doing basically the No Country for Old Men villain type where like, he's like a debt collector and he's after his oldest debt, but oh no, Ned Flanders has, had like donated it all to like charity and there's a inspired conceit where his goons are looking to kidnap Ned Flanders, but they've lost the address, they only know it's 740-something Evergreen Terrace, and they look at the Simpson house, and there's all this stuff that says property of Ned Flanders, so they just assume that that's Ned's house, and they kidnap Homer? Like... Sounds good. Which is, like, a good... So, yeah, so what I'm saying is, yeah, modern Simpson episodes, I think, sure, everyone knows the show was created at its heat, but it's almost more satisfying when you watch modern episodes and they turn out to be good. So these two episodes I've mentioned, Lisa's Belly and Serious Slanders, you can watch on Hulu if you're in the States or on Disney Plus if you're in Canada. Maybe wait a couple weeks because the way they get uploaded is weird because it's a new thing for them, the Disney Plus, to be like, oh yeah, we'll have these episodes up as they air, but... Yeah, check those out. The Simpsons. It's not just shamelessly shilling for Disney. Um, cool. And uh, yeah, with yeah. that, Ethan, oh, uh, thank you for coming yeah. back. Thank you. Oh, did you have something else, Ben? Oh, uh, just a quick addendum to my recommendation. I'm gonna add a second one because I I might forget by next week. Uh, but the the new Proud Family trailer dropped. <laughs> um, Go whenever it comes to Disney Plus. I think it's December. I don't remember, or it might be even be February. February. Watch it. I I loved the Proud Family as a kid. I don't remember if any of it's good at all. I don't know <laughs> if this new one's going to be good at all. But I am going to be there for the ride. They better I... bring back Al Roker, who plays himself, <laughs> but he's the devil. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, I just want to see more Sugar Mama. You know, that's all I want. Yeah. So, Ethan, thanks for coming on the show. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you so much. Uh, Great time. Can I plug my podcast? Is that okay? Um, I guess. Yeah. (laughs) Thank you for anything you want to plug. Uh, I do have a podcast. This has been alluded to before. It's about Scooby Doo. It's called 
heavy metal. Metal spelled as in meddling kids. Uh, Kenny has been on before and he'll be on again soon. Um, very fun. Every episode we just cover a different episode of any era of Scooby-Doo. Yeah. That's heavy metal. Unless it, unless it's a movie. but Well, we might get into those soon. I don't know. I, I'm working on it. We'll see. Yeah. That's your exclusive. Ooh. Um, yeah, Ben, what do you got? Yeah, um, I still have an Instagram, uh, but not <laughs> two pens. I uh, Hopefully I'll be able to post to it once Weezer finally comes out with all these albums, or I finish all of Barry White's discography before Weezer comes out with all of theirs. It's like a ra- it's a race to the end with the, between those two uh, classic rivals. Um, I have a Twitter where I post my Among Us fan art. Um, that is Fut Albi. Um, yeah, and I also make sure I always retweet uh, every episode that comes out with the funniest of pictures and or the greatest of gifts from the movie. One of the movies being discussed. Um, yeah, uh, yeah, that's all. I, uh, Kenny, what do you have to plug? Yeah, well, you can find me on Twitter or Letterbox at Like a Wolverine, and yeah, that's. I don't. Yeah, that's about all I got. Uh, you can find the show on Twitter at Gold Popcorn Pod, or you can email us at PastTheGoldenPopcorn at gmail dot com. Um. Our artwork is done by Ben. Our theme song is done by Matt Samard. Yeah, uh, our podcast and Heavy Metal are both hosted on the same podcast network. That's something we didn't bring up, but we're like, pa- we're like sibling podcasts. Part of the same family. Um, yeah, yeah, the Friendly Mush family. We're the big podcast yeah. family. We have other podcasts about Doctor Who and Full Metal Alchemist and. Maybe Nintendo games. One of these days I'm going to listen to like the other stuff that's on that. I was like, besides I also, the Hard podcast. I also have not listened to any of it other than yours. <laughs> yeah. But I bet it's great. It's, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's it's all good. They're, they're my like, friends of ours. They seem nice. <laughs> yeah. Um, And then, yeah, if you like this show, tell your friends, rate, review, subscribe, and yeah. All that's all that's left to do is to talk about next week's episode, where we once again will have six Best Kiss nominations. So, for 2016, and this is quite the year, the nominees are Amy Schumer and Bill Hader, Trainwreck, Dakota Johnson and Jamie Dornan, Dornan Fifty Shades of Grey, Leslie Mann and Chris Hemsworth, Vacation. Margot, Ro- Margot Robbie and Will Smith, Focus. Marina ba- Baccarin, I think that's how you say that, and Ryan Reynolds, Deadpool. And the winner, Rebel Wilson and Adam Devine, Pitch Perfect 2. Those are, those are some movies. <laughs> wow. Yep. wow. That'll, be, that'll be good. Yeah. Yeah. I- I'll admit, I've almost a bit behind where I have not seen all of these yet. I'm <laughs> hey, going to do Fifty in, Shades of Grey tonight. So you're like in my see. boat. I have not seen any of these yet. So, oh, except for Deadpool. I've seen Deadpool. And Pittsburgh you have too. seen Deadpool. You haven't rolled that for Focus? Vacation. You haven't watched Focus yet? I've never watched Focus. I'm <laughs> excited. 
Uh, and I'm excited we're finally getting another, you know, Twilight rep, Fifty Shades of Grey. Um, in a couple of years. <laughs> yes, I am very glad I finally have to watch Fifty Shades of Grey. Like... Oh, man. But, yeah. Uh, thank you all for listening. And, um, hey, maybe keep passing that golden popcorn will be our always. <laughs> hey, all, always. Okay. I mean, keep passing that golden popcorn. <laughs> keep passing that golden popcorn already. Bye, everybody. Uh, okay. <laughs> okay.